Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. So Scream. Scream 1. Yeah, let's How many times have you seen Scream? Now. How many What's times that? have you seen Scream? How many times have I seen Scream? Yeah. Probably like uh, six, seven times maybe? Yeah. Good movie. Can you take yourself back to the first time you ever saw it? First time I ever saw Scream, I don't know what got me to watch it, but I saw it on YouTube. It's one of those things I found the whole whole thing in like three parts on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And like 1480p or something like that. Uh, And I watched it and I loved it. I was like, oh, this is great. And then I was like, oh, sick, they got Scream 2. And I watched it and I was like, oh. Oh, okay, they got Scream 3. I'm here. I guess I'll watch Scream 3. And yeah. I don't remember anything. I remember who the killer is in Scream 3 because I recognize him from a TV show. Mm-hmm. But I don't know his character or his motivations or anything like that. I'm sorry, their motivations. Um, spoilers. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, first time I watched Scream, I was, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool. And then I think the next time I watched it, I was like, Oh no! This is this movie's really special. Um, it's not particularly scary ever. I would disagree a little bit. I mean, it has its moments where it's a yeah. little spooky, but I think that's it. I would say Ghostface feels dangerous. Yeah, and that's where a little bit of the scare comes from for me. Like anytime he's on screen, I'm like, oh, because I think there's a lot of like gruesome deaths and gory kind of shit okay yeah yeah in scream so it seems like a much more visceral thing right i i think that uh part of that is due to the fact that he is just a dude yeah and i think it is very clearly which is kind of my problem with the second one there's a lot of like how did he get over there Uh, yeah oh we'll we'll get to that yeah i mean fuck i'll get to it now there's a part in scream 2 where they're in the back of a cop car driving away and a cop turns and looks in the back seat. He's like, oh, ha, ha, cop joke, am I right? And a ghost face is just outside of the car and punches through the window and starts killing all of them. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Well, then towards the tail end of the thing, they've established that there's only one way out of the car. Yeah. They run away from the car. Then the main girl, whose name is? Sydney. Sydney Prescott, is like, wait, i got to go back and find out. She goes back. He's not in the car. Then somehow he's made his way behind her friend who stayed back to where the turning point was, even though, again, established there's only one way out of the car. And like I said, it's like a Batman moment where it's like, yes, I understand how he probably could have, but one, not without making a scene, and two, not that quickly kind of a thing. Also, he was just unconscious for three, four minutes straight. There's no way he's got the the mental fortitude to... Dude, but anyways, back to Scream. Back to Scream One. I think he's a man, and that's what makes him scary. Men. Yeah. That's what makes him scary. And I think that point is really well illustrated um, in the beginning with Drew Barrymore, where like she's like hiding behind the TV or something like that, or she's like looking in through the window, and she's outside at this point, and you see him just like moving curtains and like looking through shit like fuck is she back here is she over here instead of like a, a Jason Voorhees or something like that where they're just like you turn around they're like ah I'm there mm-hmm. you see him just like fucking gee where'd she go <laughs> it's great I love it 
Yeah, that first scene, it's really hard. Well, one of the first things that I mentioned was, like, I wish that I would have been... Not to get all Le Rong generation, but I wish that there I could have seen Scream before the ghost face killer was a branded thing. Because I think that there's a layer to which Scream is scary. Because from my understanding, at least, that was a pretty common costume. It's no. not something they came up with for the movie. It's not something they came up with for the movie. It, it was a costume that was sold like at a local carnival. Mm-hmm. And the local carnival had the rights to it. Okay. So, no, I don't think I, you would have seen, if you were in that generation. Yeah, you would have seen it on Halloween there. or anything like yeah, that, you right? Yeah, you probably wouldn't have seen it before this Yeah, movie. but at least it's not a thing where it's like, oh, that's Ghostface. And I guess you could say that about all the movies. Like, I wish there was a way that I could see Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask for the first time and not already have that burned into my brain. Or yeah. even Freddy Krueger. Uh, but anyways... The other thing about it is, like, there's that moment, which, again, like, I wish I could experience or, like, remember experiencing for the first time where, like, he goes, like, what's your name? And she's like, why do you want to know my name? And it's the turning point in the conversation because he goes, because I want to know who I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. And it's a really, really, like, still gives me a little bit of chills, but it doesn't hit me as hard as I feel like it would. Like, again, like, I just wish I was cognizant of the first time I heard that bit because that is a big, and it's good, and it still works, I think. Yeah, is we were talking about it while we were watching it. It's the old the call is coming from inside the house mm-hmm. thing, uh, which was just the scariest thing on the planet to me as a kid, and mm-hmm. to this day, yeah, no, that is, ooh, bone chilling. Yeah, and so like I think the first scene is a really really important scene because, uh, like I said, yeah, there's like this brutality and like visceral nature to it, like danger to like Ghostface. He really does feel like a threat. Um, there's an element to which we're like it's set in this like white suburban safe don't lock your doors kind of thing Mm -hmm. right um so there's that you know neat thing where like uh ghostface says like i'm at the front door i'm at the back door you decide kind of a thing yeah she's like no i don't want to play this game little secret obviously they're both at each door so there's no way she's gonna pick the right door right because there's two of them actually no i think it's just johnny depp because I think later, Jamie Kennedy's like, oh, well, where were you last night, Matthew? Literally, he's like, I was with my girlfriend all night. Mm, and so that's okay. how they can kind of get away with it by okay. having an alibi. One of them has an alibi at all times, you know? But anyways, fast forward to the end. Like, and again, it ends on, like, such a fucking, like, dark and brutal, like, moment where, like, the parents are coming up to the doors and she's just around the corner. And she yeah. can't speak because her lungs are filling up with blood and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She dies right there. And I will say I don't like... It's almost like that scene in The Silence of the Lambs I've talked about before where, like, there's just a jump-the-shark moment where, like, how would Hannibal Lecter actually be able to pull this off? The fact that they somehow got her strung up on the tree that quick. Climbing climbing trees aren't that easy, especially if you're alone, like you were saying. If it's just one guy with a body climbing the tree and hanging it, like, how would that happen that fast? It just wouldn't. I'm going to say maybe he set it up beforehand. Mm -hmm. Because I obviously had a plan. Mm-hmm. Knew the boyfriend was coming, gonna tape him up in the backyard. Mm-hmm. So I'd say maybe before he got there, or maybe before he called her, he had a noose and he threw it over the tree branch. Sure, it's all laying on the ground, so he can just. <clears throat> sure, I mimed pulling a rope yeah. for our listeners. Either way, it's just one of those moments where like it stops and makes you think, but not necessarily like in an interesting way. Yeah, just in like a. Well, you have to try to explain it for yourself, kind of whatever. So, anyways, opening scene, good. Also. Really strong. Really strong, also due to the fact that it's Drew Barrymore, uh-huh. one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, and she mm-hmm. dies immediately. <laughs> like, I'm taking this from something I read 
heard not too long ago about Scream. Mm -hmm. Drew Barrymore is on the fucking poster. Yeah. And yeah, like that's it's it's a classic uh, Hollywood like a like a psycho thing mm -hmm. where it's like oh someone that you think is here to stay mm -hmm. we're taking them out almost immediately yeah it's great yeah and I do like that to this day even though I know who dies there there's just a feeling that like anybody could die right like yeah I really genuinely feel that in this movie like I don't really other than Sydney Prescott obviously she's safe but yeah just I don't know I always feel like. And it's a little on edge, more than other slasher movies. It's one of those movies that every time I watch it, like you said, I know everything that happens in this movie, but when she's running up to that porch and she can't scream at her parents, I'm like, oh, just throw the phone. Throw the phone on the porch. They'll hear it. They'll mm -hmm. look at you. You'll be safe. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Billy Loomis looks like Donnie Je De Johnny Depp, and I, I, I actually like <laughs> made a note about that, that he's like the dark, creepy, twisted version of Johnny Depp's character in that movie. Because Johnny Depp's character in that movie is pretty normal. He's just like a normal guy who wears like yeah. football cut-off sweaters and gets sucked into a bed. And Anyways, uh, but yeah, he's, he's kind of like a fucked-up, weird kid version of Billy Loomis. Yeah. Or not Billy Loomis, Johnny Depp. And uh, I guess maybe just talk about strong scenes. There's also the scene where he comes to visit Sidney Prescott, Billy does, and he drops the cell phone. Yes. Right, right after she's been attacked by... The ghost face. Yeah. And I love, throughout this whole movie, like almost right off the bat, they're like, oh, it's this guy. And it's the classic slasher movie fake out mm -hmm. where they're like, ooh, this guy's bad. Yeah. He's the obvious candidate for mm -hmm. the whole thing. And then, uh-oh, he gets killed at the end. So you're like, oh, fuck, I have no idea who it's going to be now. And it's him. It's yeah. him the entire time. You know what I'll say, though? The cell phone's less suspicious to me, probably because... We live in an age where there's cell phones everywhere, whatever. But the thing that always sticks out to me every time I watch it is it's way more unsettling that he just says he's gone. He's gone. He's trying to, like, comfort her by saying, like, oh, don't worry, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. No. And that's one of those things where it's like, if my girlfriend was that upset about that kind of a thing, I don't think I would just go, like, oh, well, I don't see anybody in the immediate vicinity, so he's gone, he's gone, right? Like, let's say you're, like, trying to, like, lie or even, like, put yourself in that situation, like... It'd be way more believable if he, like, I don't know, opened up the door and, like, was looking around and was like, no, yeah. he's, he's gone, he's gone, don't worry. But the fact that she, he goes, oh, no, shh, he's gone, he's gone. Yep. That yep. is the thing that really, like, is bone-chilling to me. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's really fucked. I also, like, earlier in that scene where he calls her as Ghostface, she says something along the lines of, like, I don't like horror movies because it's some, you know big-chested bimbo mm -hmm. who is running up the stairs and she should be running out the front door. And then she immediately... And then later, no, the door gets locked. She tries to go out the front door and it's oh, locked and she right, has to right, run right. up the stairs. Yes, like, yes, I forgot. that's so good. That she has to do, right? Excuse me. Um, trying to think of other scenes that really... Uh, are there, is there anything that really like jumps out at you as like, oh, this is a great scene? Um, yes. Skipping to the end of the movie. Something I'd never noticed until we watched it this time is obviously they're watching Halloween mm -hmm. at the party but there's those scenes where he's creeping through the house uh -huh. and they play the Halloween music yes because it's technically diegetic it's happening mm -hmm. in the scene but they pump it through all the way well you know so, what I don't know if you're gonna go there or not but one thing that I really like is there's a scene that Billy Loomis can recognize by hearing it and she re he realizes that it's the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is hiding from the killer in the closet and he walks past the closet, stops and thinks, Sydney's probably in here. And that's when he opens up the closet to check oh, for no, her. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. That's yes. really good. That's right? really good. And it's really, really, really good because one of the things that people always praise this movie for is like kind of being like, 
eh, maybe ham food or whatever, but like a social critique also of just like how media saturated we all are. Right? Yeah. All of these characters are constantly making references to, oh, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Or like, there's a formula. Don't you know the rules? You know? And so like, I just love the fact that he could, you know, reckon it. Yeah. yeah I, so I, what I really love about this movie is that it's, you know, it's, you know, an homage, it's a critique, it's a spoof, whatever word you want to call it, for slasher movies. And anytime you get a movie like that, that's like, oh, we're paying homage to this thing, it always feels ham-fisted. It always feels a little, little overdone or underdone. Or even like there's an air of like levity. Yeah. Or lightness or joking yeah, yeah. or like, oh, we're being a little silly. This is hardcore the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because this it is, it's uh, Wes Craven. Mm -hmm. He was there... When these things were invented, he mm -hmm. invented a lot of them. <laughs> so it, so it feels like him playing with those things. So mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like someone else trying to recreate that. Yes, it feels like him being like, oh, "I'm going to do this as good as possible." Yeah. Uh, to a science. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's one of the, we've had the conversation before, where like I want to see the last house on the left. Yeah. And the hills have eyes, like the originals that he did. Because yeah, that's a really nice thing about Scream too. Not that this guarantees that it would work. But it's just a beautiful stars align moment where, yes, you have this horror master who continues to be a master of it and then gets to the point in his career almost like meta comedy. Yeah. Right. Where he can make a really, really good horror movie that's also table talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's making fun Without of itself it being corny. and you. Yeah. But also you're sold the entire yeah. time. Um, and there's another scene where they play a little bit with Halloween where Jamie Kennedy jamie kennedy is sitting on yeah. the couch with the killer behind him saying jamie right behind you come on jamie jamie yeah. turn around jamie yeah. jamie right oh, behind so good. you yeah right so i also like that um there were a couple of things that uh also like i just think hit really really nicely like i've seen the movie before so like i have a different experience and obviously so do you and stuff like that but like even when, like the reporter uh gail weathers is talking to sydney and she's like i think you put the wrong man in jail and i'm like Get him, Gail. She did. And it's so sad also because you feel bad because, like, Sydney thinks for sure this is the guy that did it. But also, you know, you're like, yeah, you put cotton in there for no reason. This is a, it's a, you, 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 uh, you, uh, ah, uh, fuck, what's his name? You making a murder to this guy. What's his fucking name? Stephen Avery. Yeah, you Stephen Avery did cotton. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I or, get that, but also at the same time, hey, Gail, this is a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's also so beyond fair. Um, or like, uh, it still hits so hard that like Sydney's having this like emotional breakthrough of like, you know what? You're right. I really, really do have to move on past my mom's death with the fucking guy who killed oh, her yeah, mother. Yeah. Like there's so many little things in there. Like I haven't seen last house and left, but I know it's fucked up and gruesome. And I know like Wes Craven was making movies, specifically horror movies at a time where like you just went for it. Like I spit on your grave, a rape revenge movie. Right. And there's so many of those like holdovers in this movie, right? Like. The opening scene we talked about, like, just being inches away from your parents as your, like, lungs are filled up with blood and you're screaming for your parents. I mean, you can't get any more physical embodiment of comfort than that, right? Yeah. Like, that's safety. Beyond safety, right? Yeah. And she's just dying right there. They're going to the house. They have no idea, right? 
And yeah, same thing with like that situation, right? Like it's almost the definition of irony, right? Where like you as the viewer, I mean, it's because I've seen it before, sure. But like you as the viewer know something that they don't know kind of thing. So you're just sitting there and you're like, ah, fuck, this makes it so much more heavy, right? Yeah. She's having this emotional, emotional breakthrough with like someone who should be an important person in her life that for the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah. And instead it's the guy who killed her mother. Yeah. It's a guy that she's going to kill in about 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, at the end, there's uh, actually, like, I kind of like, made a list of some of, like, the rules and the little references that I'm just going to rifle off. I don't know if it's going to be funny or not. Um, I will say another, like, kind of table talky moment, like the uh, foreshadowing of, like, the, oh, running out the door when they should be running, or running upstairs when they should be running out the door, and then the door is locked, so she has to do that. There's also the point where all the, the guys are sitting around watching Halloween and they're like, come on, where's the tit shot? You know, there's always got to be the obligatory tit shot, then hard cut to Sydney at taking off her bra, but it slowly yeah, pans then, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, Billy yeah. Loomis is covering it, yeah. right? Um, so there's another little denial there. Also, the one that's very frequently pointed out is that one of Jamie Kennedy's rules is that only a virgin can kill the killer, and yet well, she loses it. her you know, virginity right before killing the... The guy, I will also say I love, again, I think this is a really strong, like, script if it hasn't been abundantly clear. I love that, like, when the climax happens, there's, it's like, I love the the Gale Weathers, like, bumping into everything happening, right? Like, she gets in the van, um, or maybe, no, I think she starts with seeing Dewey, right? Dewey dies, she runs to the van, then uh, she's like, oh, there's blood everywhere, then Jamie Kennedy shows up right in the window and he like she like pushes him or something like that or whatever and he falls down and then she like reverses real hard and ken slides down yeah right and then she uh flies off and fucking runs into sydney sydney who's yeah, looking yeah. for help and then gets into a car accident right and so like in this 45 second shot you like kind of have that thing where like almost like magnolia where like everything converges yeah, like everything yeah. you've been watching for the last 10 minutes just kind of comes together i think that was great and then um I guess I put your way because I've been going on for way too long. I love this movie a lot. Is there anything you want to make mention of real quick before um, I keep steamrolling um, ahead? Um, there are a few moments, only one I can think of off the top of my head, so I'm going to say one moment. That is one of those like, ooh, watching it a second time, I understand this now. First time you watch it, you're like, oh, these guys are just best friends. And they play it really well when they're in the video store. Jamie Kennedy's talking to Matthew Lillard, and he's like, that guy's the fucking killer. Your mm-hmm. friend is the killer. And then he's behind him. He's like, oh, maybe it's you. And, blah, 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 blah. and Matthew Lillard is just hanging on Jamie Kennedy's back. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, what if it is you? <laughs> and when you watch it the first time, you're just like, okay, yeah, he's he's his boy. So he's standing up for him. And even when he walks away, and Matthew Lillard still on his back and just continues his conversation with Jamie Kennedy. But when you watch it again and you know it's both of them, you're like, oh, no, it's the killers squeezing in on this guy together. Yeah. Um, I also like Jamie Kennedy a lot in this movie. Jamie Kennedy? Yeah, he's such a cute little nerd boy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm, I had one more. I lost it. Give me one while I think. Well, I mean, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is just the big reveal at the end, right? Of who the killers are and just all of their dialogue. Uh just kind of talking about like you know it's more scary when like you don't have a motive and whatnot or like oh how about this is this motive enough for you your whore mom ruined my parents marriage that's why i did it whatever not even that i think that's exactly why he did it i think he's just you know kind of 
you know, doing the same thing that that uh, cheerleader is doing in the bathroom. Or she's like, um, it's because this generation's brain is rotted out by whatever. And now she's trying, looking for any way that she could possibly, right, where they're just kind of yeah, being yeah, pretentious, yeah. right? I think it's the same thing that he's doing there where he's like, oh, what if it's this? Does that fit it enough? No. I mean, really, at the end of the day, he's like, no, I'm just a fucking psycho. Yeah. And I love when... Uh She's on the phone with Matthew Lillard later. She's like, so what about you? What is your... Uh, yeah. he's like, oh, peer I'm, pressure. I'm way too sensitive. <laughs> yeah. God, he's so... He, like... I, I love... Matthew Lillard's my favorite in this movie. Because he's kind of funny throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, where it's the two of them, I'm like, ooh, I'm afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets stabbed too many times, from mm-hmm. then on, I'm like, funniest fucking guy in the movie. But he's also... It's like a natural funny. He's not going for laughs... He's also serious. Like, it's still a really good performance. Yeah, and he's kind of sad, but it's funny. so yeah, funny. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's so multi-layered. And again, like, just a moment of silence. I don't know if I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Matthew Lillard is an underrated actor. It's. I think it's the thing My that's brought up God. the most on this podcast is how much we love Matthew Lillard. I love Matthew Lillard. And this is a great example. Yeah, that line with the whole, like, uh, peer pressure thing, just the way he delivers it, where he's like, peer pressure, I'm far too sensitive. Um, and that's a line that, like, it's even got the cadence kind of of like a, even like a Marvel joke or something like that, like right? Like, yeah. it's a little silly. It's almost like Twitter. That's where I get all my news, you know? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> but I, it works so well. Everything everything from Matthew Lillard at that end is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when they're stabbing each other, obviously. He's like, I think he cut me through the Amelia Woolsey. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> the, I, I, w- <laughs> he stabs Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard stabs him, and then he stabs Matthew Lillard like six times. Yeah, and I like that because it's like a natural response. Like, Billy Loomis is a psycho who has no empathy, right? So he just got hurt, and he's like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Even though they already agreed, right? Like, the circumstances have changed in his head because he doesn't have any empathy, right? He's thinking, that was fucked up, you fucking bitch, you know? Yeah, and and it's like... And, like, just thinking about it, just being like, okay, I'm prepared to get stabbed to do this. Mm -hmm. And so they get stabbed. It's like, ooh, that's fucked up that they can do this and then he keeps stabbing Matthew Lillard and Matthew Lillard is like you have to stop I cannot take anymore yeah there's like a point where he starts coughing out of his mouth just a little bit you see a little bit of blood at first and then eventually obviously his mouth is very bloody even yeah and he's like oh, God, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp is like oh go get him he's like I can't man I think uh, I lost too much blood yeah how about that scene where he's like uh Houston we have a problem the gun man I put it oh. right here no, oh, no it's, it's not it was right here yeah you know yes. Oh, did you really call the police? <laughs> Bet your ass it did. Oh, my mom is going to be so mad. Yeah. And then uh, I love when he takes the phone from him and he's talking to Sid. He's like, God, he throws the phone. He's like, oh, you hit me with the fucking phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the bulk of what I have to say about it. Uh, one thing I don't like about the movie, and yeah. I don't like it every time I see it, is she takes her time to put the costume on. Doesn't ring a bell for me. He, Johnny Depp is going around looking for her, uh-huh. and then she pops out of the closet and she stabs him with an umbrella, but she mm-hmm. has the costume on. Okay. Dumb. For some reason, that doesn't ring a bell in my mind. Well, it happens. So, yeah, and then there's a little bit of wrap-up. There's a couple more, like, oh, the killer always comes back from one last scare, you know? And she's like, bang, not in my yeah. movie. It's like, yeah, okay, but he did, though. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of the first... Uh, things that I wrote down in terms of uh, movie references... Maybe this will jog a memory in your mind. I don't remember exactly when it said, but there's a point where someone says something to the effect of like, oh, that's dumb. You might as well go, who, oh, it's Ghostface in the first scene. He's like, uh, or no, 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 no. It's uh, Drew Barrymore. She says like, uh, oh, fuck. 
It's the line where they make fun of like uh, doing the whole who's there or like going and invest. I think it's Ghostface that says it to her. He says something to the effect of like, uh, oh, don't do that. You might as well go who's there or go to investigate a noise or something like that, right? Okay, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? We also have, obviously, Billy Loomis gives a little bit of a speech. That I don't like that too much where he goes on about how like, hey, I was watching The Exorcist at home and I realized it was edited for TV and all the good stuff was gone. I was also thinking about our relationship and how it's kind of edited for TV and like... You know, I want to push for NC-17. Oh, my God. But, <laughs> That's know. the biggest thing about this movie. You brought it up. It's, it's very much so a side of him, him being a psychopath and a narcissist. But when he's like, come on, your mom's been dead a year. Yep. That is not that is not enough time to get over your mom being yeah. dead. And I love her response. is like, a year tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, then her best friend, Britta, Sophia. Rose McGowan. Uh, yeah. Actor's name. Uh, when she's talking about how Drew Barrymore was killed, she goes like, she was like splatter movie killed. Um, yes, you also mentioned the why would I watch a horror movie? They're all the same. You know, some big chested yada yada going upstairs when she goes out of the door, yada yada yada. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, you have uh, Matthew Lillard saying like, uh, or someone, one of their friends saying something to the effect of like, surprise, he even wants to talk to you after you branded him the candy man or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I believe at one point, I'm sorry if you had this written down, That's but fine. I noticed it on my own and it's didn't time. have to write it down. No, it's time. Uh, her friend says like, oh yeah, it's something out of like a Wes Carpenter movie or something. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. That's funny. Uh, there's also Janitor Fred. Yep. Played by Wes Craven. Uh, stripes in the hat like Freddy Krueger. The conversation that you were talking about with the strong arming, the twerp. Uh, yep, yep. You know, where he gives the explanation that there's always a reason to kill your girlfriend, you know? If the motive is too complicated, you lose your audience, right? You know, talks about how there's a formula. If I were a horror, if it, if it were a horror movie, I'd be the prime suspect. You know, he also gives the, it's the millennium, you know, motives are incidental, uh, right? Yep. Uh, when Sydney's best friend is getting murdered in the garage, she's like, oh, I spit on your garage. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I already mentioned that one. You know, there's the whole life is a movie, life isn't a movie argument they have where he's like, it's all one great big movie, but you can't pick your genre. I do like that you can't pick your genre line. I think that's not bad. Yeah. More than the, the whole like, oh, our relationship is edited for TV thing that Billy Loomis did earlier. Um, so his last name is Loomis. Yeah. There's also the chat about the blood and Halloween uh, being too red. It's all wrong. You know, it's all predictable. I want to see breasts. When do we get to see breasts? Right, and then Jamie kicks off into his rules. He gives three rules. You remember the three rules? Uh, no sex, no drugs, or drinking, mm -hmm. and don't say I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, I read this one. Happens at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Drew Barrymore's parents come home. Mm -hmm. The dad goes, take the phone, go to the Mackenzie's, call the police. In Halloween, uh, when he That's breaks it. That's what she in, says to the little boy. She goes, go to the Mackenzie's house. Mackenzie's, yeah, because yeah, it's across the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we all go a little mad sometimes. What is that one? That one's fucking... Oh. We all go a little mad sometimes. That might be Silence of the Lambs or some shit. I can't remember offhand. Keep reading. I'll look it up. No, go ahead. When he talks about... Billy Loomis talks about faking, dying earlier. It's corn syrup. It's what they use for the pig's blood and carry. You know, he also gives the explanation for, you know, his idea to murder is watch a couple movies, take a couple notes. It's psycho. It's Psycho. There you go. Yeah, Psycho. So this is also a movie where they say the title of the movie a couple of times, but in this a very specific one. Scream, yeah. yeah, but they also say it. There's a point where like uh, Matthew Lillard goes like, and you're going to love this, baby. It's a scream. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there you go. That's what I'm going to consider them using the title. That's the one line I'm going to consider. Um, 
they also say kind of you know black humorishly like uh these days you gotta have a sequel or whatever right because they get they say we get to live on to for the sequel because we get that the then there's also a point where uh, Sydney throws it back in their face during the climax, and she says, you've seen one too many movies, right? Don't blame the movies or something like that, right? Uh, there's also that little bit. And uh, then, obviously, we mentioned the dead killer comes back for one more scare thing, right? And so those were all of the little references that I try to keep a little track of. I wish you told me you were taking notes. Oh, I just, because the last <laughs> time we talked to you, said, like, oh, I was thinking about keeping a little bit of notes. So I did a similar thing where, like, I didn't write down every fucking thing that yeah. happened or everything like that. I was like... For this one, I'm just going to make note of every little in-joke they make. All right. Well, then I'll keep... I'll listen to myself more often, I guess. Yeah. You have good ideas. I didn't mean to shoot you down. Did it feel like I shot you down? No, you just had way more than I did. I feel... I'm no, prepared. I mean, like, when we had our initial conversation about no, you no, taking no. notes. Okay. Okay. Just making sure I wasn't crushing you. So then we immediately watched Scream 2. Well, before we move on... Ugh. You want to wrap it up in any way or even give it a grade, perhaps? I'll give Scream an A. I'll give it an A. It's great. It's great. I, I'm still I'm blown away. I'm you still blown away. That I never noticed that he checks the closet. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's really good because they even cut to the screen and show Jamie in the uh, in the closet to give like the audience context. So like you, I remember them cutting yeah. to that, but yeah, no, I never I never picked up that he opens yeah. the closet. Like, it's almost to, it's almost as good as the Hal scene you're describing. Yeah, right? I'm gonna have it's to show go don't back. tell. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I, it's almost a little, like, I'm fine with it, I'm totally comfortable with who I am, but look at how much I had to say and how enthusiastically I had to say it about Scream as opposed to my own private Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Scream, oh, yeah, uh, Scream 2. We watched it immediately after, and I'm going to take the lead for just a second because I just want to get this out. I've just been biting my tongue the whole time. Uh, it's been so long, even though I had a very similar experience with Scream, to you right like I've seen Scream 1 mm -hmm. so many times there was a point where I was a kid and my uncle had like the box set and I was like I'm watching all three and I watched all three and I've never seen two or three ever again just yep. the one time yep. not that they're awful it was just like it didn't leave enough of an impression on me as a, as a kid right um, but you were like fuck it let's watch the second one and I was like you know what fuck it let's watch the second one and in general mixed bag we can get into it but I did like that on this watch it had been so long that I was like Oh fuck! Who is the killer? <laughs> yeah, I thought that too, and then I was like, "Ugh," because I can like picture all of them. I can picture the third act so well. But yeah, I, just, I was like, I can't picture anybody being there besides Cotton. So for a long time, I was like, "Is it Cotton?" Yeah, and then eventually, one character goes away for way too long. Yeah, that you're and over, another yeah. small character starts showing up a lot for no reason. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "All oh, right, it's them." Yeah. Yeah. And I was uh, tipped off probably mostly that Timothy Oliphant is in the movie. Because he is just a just a sinister looking man. Yeah. And they play him as a nice, nice good guy who just is of no consequence at all. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just disappears for the last like hour of the movie until the very end. Yeah. Which I, I'm going to say overall this movie has like a handful of scenes I truly genuinely love, but as a whole falls flat in my opinion. That's how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. How do you and feel about sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, hit it. How do you feel about the opening? Um, the opening is yes, you know, I think mixed baggy because there are things that I like about it, but then also like you know, it, it kind of feels 
like it just kind of follows the formula of the first one like they wanted something that's really gonna like get you in the start so it's like oh murder in the movie theater which is a great idea and i love that nobody knows if it's real at first and stuff like that um but i it's spotty is what i'd say yeah i i like that it is like you were saying as a child mm-hmm. saw that fucking ghost face mask everywhere mm-hmm. so i like the whole like yeah everybody has this mask yeah they're passing it out at the movie theater but yeah just seen a bunch of people use it uh wearing one was cool but also that at the same time that fucking movie theater people just screaming and standing up and throwing shit and stuff like that it's like rocky horror picture show never in a million years yeah i guess like rocky horror picture show where you know you're gonna go and get that but yeah i can i mean i know it's suspension of disbelief but yeah just the entire time i'm like no absolutely Mm -hmm. not um then there's also a lot of commentary about black representation and horror yeah. movies and stuff like that and um it's obvious they tried to sprinkle in a couple more people of color here and there mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if there was some kind of backlash about how white the first one or something like that but there's like 12 times the amount of poc characters in this oh yeah film. i think i th- think probably even more than that yeah. Uh, and yeah it was we brought up when we were watching it i don't think either of us said it while we watched the first one but i was like hmm no black people in this movie <laughs> and then the second one it's just immediately yeah they're just like, there's nothing wrong with that other than it feels like they're overcompensating yeah especially because none of them are main characters they're just yeah. sprinkled in the background mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay. kind of reminds me of a I think it was a tweet that i saw which is on a side note i actually saw i think it was like a reductress line that was like uh you know like uh, uh politically motivated a woman uh you know, uh, political leanings now just an amalgam of tweets by people she doesn't remember. Yeah. (laughs) But anyways, it was a tweet talking about how, like, uh, sitcoms will do that, right? To try to, quote-unquote, diversify a little sprinkle um, POC, like, extras in the background. But it ends up having this effect of, like, since the main characters are all white, and they never interact with these characters of color, it creates another world that also reflects the real world, world, where races intentionally especially like white people don't necessarily like they might not have an outward problem with characters of color but they don't also they'd also don't interact with them yeah right so anyways besides all that kind of stuff that was just a i i would say uh in the stall i said it out loud i still stand by it that's a real hard stab to stab through a stall like that oh yeah through his that brain be, and the the wall mm-hmm. yeah and so that's another one of those examples of just like, kind of making him superhuman. Yep, yep. You also know. to guess where his head was. Yeah. Mm. But I do like the buoy. The fact that like immediately after he like kind of like peers around the corner to make sure the other guys are like leaving the stall or the, the bathroom or whatever. Because um, that's more realistic. But the stab through the stall, I didn't like that. Um, and then also there's like a, I feel like another layer of, because obviously this is all commentary on the, on horror still um the fact that like uh she's up there and she's bleeding and i think it's obviously in and of itself the fact that you it's blurring the lines you know kind of being in a kind of like they don't know what's real and what's fake kind of a thing and you know the idea being that like you can make that argument just like the first one does kind of to a degree with like you watch so many movies at a certain point like what's real and fake kind of blurring the lines right but then everybody does realize and i like that they all have empathy and they realize what's going on kind of a thing because initially i was thinking like oh, it's almost like she's standing there and she's actually experienced this and no one cares because they're so desensitized because of what's going on. But I like that it didn't go that far with being cynical. 
you know, the fact that once yeah. people realize what's going on, they do still care. I do like that. Oh, at the end of this movie, Timothy Oliphant and Billy Loomis's mother. Yeah. They're doing this to get back at Sydney, to get back at these kids for what they did to her son. Yeah, why kill anybody else then, I guess? Why kill two of. people in a movie theater? Yeah, 100%. Like, was that... Yeah. Was that him? Why kill anybody other than Sydney, I guess, kind of. I like, mean, I guess to, like, play mind games with her and scare her or something? Yeah. But Like, in, in the first one, we get that he's psychotic. Yeah. But also, everyone he's killing makes sense. Yeah. Even Drew Barrymore, they make an offhanded comment that they used to date. And she left him for somebody else. Um, but yeah, just two people in the yeah. movie theater doesn't really make sense. I know it's not necessarily too complicated in the sense of the motivation, right? Like, the motivation is revenge. But it reminds me of that quote from the first one where it's like, oh, you make it too complicated and you lose your audience. It's not complicated on the front end, but it's obviously complicated on the back end, right? Which is like, this is a weird way to go for revenge, kind of, yeah. right? Like, like, let's take another example of revenge as the motivation for a serial killer. Friday the 13th. She's getting revenge revenge because the camp counselors were mm -hmm. fucking around and their, his, her kid died, right? But it's the camp counselor, so it makes sense why there'd be a body count because she's killing all of them, yeah. right? Whereas, like, this one, it's like, well, you want revenge on Sydney, so you're killing all of these, like, new college acquaintances she has that she doesn't care about, and you're killing random people in a movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, it's you're not doing a good job of the revenge thing because you haven't necessarily killed anybody she even cares about. Yeah. It's just a string of basically strangers. Like, she doesn't know the woman who's home alone watching the sorority house. Even. Yeah, that's a great Why point. Why do that? Yeah. You know, what was the point of that? And I guess you could argue this. I think the reporter was... I don't even... Well, how did the report? How did they even meet? Right? How does the reporter meet Timothy the Oliphant and then they decide together that this is a good idea? Right, because I was going to say the explanation being that maybe Timothy Oliphant was immediately, because he's the psycho, right? He just wants to reenact the movie. That's all yeah. he wants. So sure, maybe he goes and kills the, the movie theater. Maybe he kills the sorority girl, right? But what's the point where, like, they meet and the reporter's like, I think, we must team together. I think they say something about meeting on, like, a forum or something like that. Yeah. But, no, I can't remember. Well, ultimately what I'm saying is this is the example of how it is too complicated, so I think the yeah. quote from the first movie works here. Yeah, also, yeah, no, his plan at the... Yeah, he said his plan was, oh, I'm going to go to jail, I'm going to go to mm -hmm. trial, and yeah. I'm going to say movies made me do it, and exactly. I'm going to get out scot-free. Yeah. So all. that does explain why all the murdering happened that doesn't have to do with Sydney Shore, and maybe the reporter just came in just for the sake of getting revenge at the very end, you know. But all I'm saying is it's a little watery and, like, weak... Oh, for sure. You know. Um, Maybe don't have the reporter and it's fine. I like the idea of just a psycho... Like, that's better commentary, in my opinion, of just the whole thing where he's like, I want to be famous. Especially because it's really culturally irrelevant in terms of, like, that's how most people view, like, mass shootings these days. Yeah. You know. Um, but you gotta have two killers again because the first one had two killers. <sighs> yeah, I don't like that. I think they really should have went with one killer. Yeah. I really, really do. Because that reporter didn't add anything to me. Other than baggage and... Weak weakening your product, watering it down. It's just a, a, a another twist. Ooh, I didn't expect it to be this person. This reporter, yeah. All right, eat my whole butt. Uh, um. Well, let's talk a little bit about things that did work. I think that cop car scene, tense as shit. Yeah. Up until the weird jump that we talked about when yeah. we were talking about Scream, yeah. What, yeah. Where like he's, 
you know, you were talking about he's out for too long or how he shows up, it punches the window out and the cop and mm -hmm. how he disappears kind of and then reappears and kills her friend. But the whole thing where like they have to like pry it back and she like tries the door and it's like jammed and then she realizes she has to go across and she stops to like check the mask but then she like elbows the horn a little bit and she's like, oh, I just gotta get out of here and get out of here. And then she goes to open the door for her friend but it won't yeah, open, so now her friend has to do the too. same shit. Yeah. Great scene. It's but, one of those things where, like, Wes Craven's just doing what he does best, you know? But also, just logistically, think about seeing a car with four people in it. Mm -hmm. Being like, I'm going to kill all four of these people in this mm -hmm. moving car with a knife. Yes. Uh, it's... Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. Everything surrounding it is bad, but that specific scene where they yeah, have to get out yeah, of the car works. Absolutely. But I saw, I'm so hung up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the most part, can't really think of too much more of the killings. I think, uh, maybe when he's on the phone and they're running around campus looking for who's on the phone, that kind of works. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Jamie Kennedy. Which I said, it reminds me of the caller ID scene. Yeah. I love that almost immediately. Like it's the immediately after the kind of like weird vignette beginning, there's the cold open of her just getting another call and her being like, him being like, you don't even know who I am. And she's like, uh, you're Jerry Livingston of Ohio Town, Ohio. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what? What? Yeah, um, apparently, like, something like 900% the, the sales of mm -hmm. caller ID machines went up after the first Scream came out. Um, and yeah, I do. That's a nice little, little added touch. Where it's like, ooh, this isn't, this, this gimmick isn't going to work anymore for this movie. Yes. And um, I like that again. It's like, Again, kind of meta table talking without being corny, right? Like, it's just them being like, yeah, color ID exists now. Totally. I like when Gale and Dewey, who I'm surprised we haven't mentioned yet. Did are, we even mention him in the first one? We did not. No, we didn't wow, talk about Dewey wild. at all. Um, well, he's WWE champ. WWE champ. David Arquette. David Arquette. I like Dewey. I like Dewey, too. I like Dewey a lot. He's just a hometown cop uh, kicked by a horse as a child. Is that what the story is? It's gotta be right. Uh, I do like in the first uh, movie. He's got the. I like the line a lot. Where like she says, like I do really well with eighteen to twenty-four year olds or whatever. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you do. And she's like, you sure. do. And he goes, ma'am, I'm twenty-five. I was twenty-four for a whole year. It's great. Yeah. Um, so cute. I like when they are checking the footage that they got to see if they can find the killer. Yeah. And then the other TV turns on, and it's like, oh, this is the killer's footage. Mm -hmm. Footage. Oh no! And it keeps flipping through and flipping through, flipping through. Which also on. ties well into Am uh, uh, Timothy uh, Oliphant, whatever his name is. Yeah, because he's film yeah. major, got a camera. And then the very last shot is them. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that's good. That's very good. You cut up there, and it's Ghostface work on the projector. That's a little comical, but yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the IMs in the um, oh the library library yeah. scene because yeah again like you don't know who you're looking for could be anyone in there could easily get out too yeah it's just so out in the open like it's just one of those things where like you know just kind of basic stalker 101 undermine your general sense of security which is actually a false sense of security because yeah. you're really not safe anywhere I thought all the cotton stuff was weird yeah. He, I guess he's a good edit layer for like another person that could potentially be the killer. But I do like when Gail gets out of this situation uh, right after reviewing the footage and she runs into him and he's covered in blood. He's like, I just found Dewey. And she's like, oh, no. And she runs and he's like, ah, shit. Mm -hmm. 
It's great. Just, oh, there's no way I'm getting out of this one. On a side note, I will say I, 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 I want to take it back a little bit about the reporter, but again, I just don't think it works. I actually really like that the reporter's thing is that like, and everywhere on the medium, media, it's blame the parents, blame the parents, blame the parents. So I like that a little bit, but again, I just don't think they do enough with it. It doesn't work. It comes out of really. absolutely nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I do like that idea of like, do something with that. Yeah. Don't just mention it at the end and expect me to think that that's... Yeah. A good story. Ugh. But anyways, to go back to what we were talking about. It's like to go back to what we were talking about. Uh, reverse Yahtzee on you. Or reverse Uno on you. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about. Do you? No, I'm going... <laughs> this, this is taking too long. To go back to what you were just saying about the yeah. twist. It is the worst kind of twist in a movie. We're like, ah, twist. Mm -hmm. And now it makes sense for a bunch of stuff. I'm going to tell you that you would have no possible way fucking of way of understanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's a good twist. But I guess I couldn't have seen that coming because you were lying mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. It's almost like um, it's not as much of a sin in this movie. In fact, I'm not even complaining about it. But like, I've, I know I've heard reviewers talk about how like maybe the twist in Friday the 13th would work a little bit better if like Mrs. Voorhees was a character in the movie before that yeah, point yeah absolutely. and that's kind of how i feel about the reporter is like okay you just lied to me you told me she was a reporter the whole time i'm not necessarily surprised that she's billy loomis's mom because i didn't give a fuck about her she was just a reporter who keeps bugging gail like yeah almost if it was like what if it was billy's mom and billy's mom was treating sydney the same way that cotton was right and so you've just got this like storm of like she's starting college and now gail's bringing cotton into her life and this you know billy's mom's tracked her down and keeps harassing her too right and she's got all these things she's worrying about but instead i don't think the movie does a also job of that. she would know what billy's mom fucking looks like 100 percent, yeah she was a fucking no a, a, her mom was fucking her husband mm -hmm. and also she walked out of them like a year ago. There's no way she doesn't know what Billy Loomis's mom looks like. Is it Billy's or is it Matthew Lillard's mom? It's Billy. It's Billy's Billy? mom. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, because she's like, because your whore mother slept with my husband. Ah, right, 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 right. Um, there was one other strength I wanted to give it. Uh, baba booey, baba booey, baba booey. Yeah, I I think that might be it. Uh, to go back to Scream 1, though, please. something I forgot to mention was, like, the other thing that's really, really, really cool about Scream over other slasher movies is, like, and I think I touched on it briefly when I was talking about, like, oh, man, like, I feel like anyone could die, right? Well, why is that? Because I actually care about these characters. Yeah. Which is a rarity in horror movies, but especially slasher movies. My for God, sure. is the rare sure. yeah. in slasher movies. They're just usually just dumb teenagers that you just kind of hate because mm -hmm. they're going to die anyway. Yeah. yeah. And Scream does have, like, the archetypes, right? Like, yeah. you know, Billy Loomis, in the script at least, was supposed to be the jockey type. And then Matthew Lillard was kind of supposed to be, like, the funny stoner, stoner type. And, you know, uh, Jamie's the nerd, mm -hmm. you know, and Sydney's the, the virgin girl. with her girlfriend being the polar opposite, the quote-unquote, like, slut who sleeps around or whatever. But they're all interesting, three-dimensional. I like them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, to go back to the second one. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I really have to say about it. I guess I can give it points for the Omega Beta Zeta kill scene. 
because there's a neat there's two neat things that happen yeah. in that which i Completely like forgot about that the yeah. fact that the phone stops working when she's on the porch kind of a thing right so she has to go back in the house if she wants to get help mm-hmm. i mean unless she wants to like just run to a neighbor's house which she also has the obligation to be there because if anyone calls drunk so she can give them a ride home right that's the whole reason why she's home in the first place. That feels like second priority if you're being stalked. Yes. And then there's that scene where she goes back inside so you can try to make the no- and she hears the noise upstairs kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. And then like it turns out someone is home, but they're not upstairs. They're in the living room kind of a thing. And at that point, I don't think I'd let her off the hook that easy. I would have been like, hey, bitch, listen. I heard a noise upstairs. Let's go check it out together. But instead, she's just like, oh, have fun at the party. <laughs> And ignores the weird call. Like, if I have a weird call like that and hear a noise in the house, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to drop whatever you're doing, like, or I'm calling the cops. Or what she tried to do, she tried to call the security. But, like, I'm definitely, like, if you came to the door and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot my watch. I'm like, yeah, also stay for a second because I just heard some shit in the attic yeah. right after I got a weird call. Yeah, no, what I really like about that, too, is, yeah, her friend's there. It, be, it feels a little bit safer a second. Then the phone rings again and her friend answers it. Yes. And it's like, yeah, hold on a second. She goes, it's Dylan. And she goes, okay. Well, you know, you know, be safe, this and that. And she's like, yeah. okay, don't forget to lock the door. And then she yeah. shuts it. And she picks up the phone. And she's like, it's not Dylan. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to lock the door. It's like, oh, fuck, yeah. he heard your conversation you just had. He's in the house. Yeah. Oh, but again, good. before that, I wouldn't even be like, oh, hey, friend, have a good time later. I would have been like, hey, bitch, I don't care if it is Dylan. You got to stick around for a quick second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. Also, Dylan, you should probably hear this too. Yeah. <laughs> there was just a guy in the phone. It's me again. Oh, my God. So glad I told you not to go to the party yet. <laughs> Um, so yeah, overall, you got closing statements, you want to wrap it up, you want to grade it? I don't like it. Don't like it? It has its, it has its moments, but overall I'd give it a C-. minus. Yeah, I was thinking C territory. Yeah. Because like, like I said, there's that handful of like four or five scenes where I'm like, I like this, or even like smaller subsets of the scene where I'm like, this works really well. But the bulk of it is just messy, spotty, and kind of a diluted version of what the first one was. Yeah. You know? I'm excited to watch three, because I'm doing that. And I've never seen four. Screw four them. Neither have I. Five's coming out. I've soon never too. seen fantastic fan fan four stick either. I don't remember much of it, but I saw it and went, "That was bad." That was yeah. the end of it. I've also never seen Chronicle, but they're but they're making a Chronicle too. Are they? Yep. Max Holandis wrote Chronicle. He did. He's also on an episode of the X Files files that I've refused up until this point to listen to, but it's the X Cops one. It's the one where the cops has a crossover with the X Files. Oh no. I don't want to hear them talk about that, but I also don't really want to hear Max Landis talk. There's an episode of Red Letter Media where they talk about Neil Breen. He's basically like the new Tommy Wiseau. And I want to hear them talk about those movies, but they got fucking Max Landis with them. Maybe one day I will, because sometimes I'm like, I should listen to some X-Files files. And I'm like, there is that one episode I haven't seen. And I'm like, I just can't do it. Yeah, that guy's a legit monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways... And you know what else had a third movie? Uh, Scream. I was trying to. I was trying to do a bit. Couldn't think of one. Yeah. Scream three. Ah ah ah. That's three screens for you. Um, okay. Starring. Starring Liev Schreiber, and oh he, oh, he's the Drew Barrymore of this movie. He's the Drew Barrymore of this movie. Yeah. That's the uh, one convention I think they flipped in this one. Yeah. Because that. Don't think they flipped anything else. I could be wrong. Do they have a Drew Barrymore in the second one? Oh, yeah. Jada yeah. Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or just Jada Pinkett at the But time. this time it's a man. But this time it's a bro. Uh, also starring... And it's the bro. 
Leah Shriver's the bro? Yes. I'm confused. I'm not picking up what you're saying. Just an affectionate call him you know like the guy oh, okay or the dude yeah well, if, i thought you were saying like he's the i'm like no the other guy's the bro no i just like him yeah no he's the bro i like him he's the dude um also starring uh nev campbell and courtney cox arquette and david arquette and wcw champion wcw champion david arquette with special guest appearance by jamie kennedy i don't know if you caught that but in the credits it says special guest appearance by <laughs> jamie kennedy <laughs> I just want to take it from the top for a minute. Starting off, I hate that the killer can now mimic the voices. Hold on. Start out from the top. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah. I did not like this yeah, movie. Yeah, this movie sucked butts. Did not like that part. It was fun to watch. It was a good fun make yeah. fun of this movie type thing. Um, just because that technology doesn't exist, and I know that that's not oh, yeah. a thing that you have to worry about in movies, but when it's the third movie in a series that's been grounded in reality the whole time, yeah, it is something that's going to annoy me. Do is like, that fair to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if, if that showed up in Back to the Future, it'd be no big deal. If that I showed mean, up in Star Wars, it'd be no big deal. But I mean, I don't think voice changers like the ones they use in the other two movies exist, where it turns your voice into that a one totally specific different, voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, sure. there are a lot of times... But again, it's established from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. You know? So, to me, that's not that big of a leap. But what did bother the fucking shit out of me... Huh. Is at the end when there's like the big face off between her and him before yeah. he rips off the mask and he's talking to her. Mm. It's the voice. It's the ghost face voice. Yeah. But he's not holding anything. Mm. He's just speaking like that. Yeah. Um, I will say I also have a very, I take umbrage with the fact that he gets up from being stabbed in the heart and then runs at them and she has to shoot him in the head to kill him. I know that they talked earlier and Jamie Kennedy was like, he's supernatural this time. He had a bulletproof vest up. Yeah, but getting stabbed in the heart is getting stabbed in the heart. That's like insta-death. True. I don't think you can stab through a uh, bulletproof vest. Also, yes. I don't think it's instant death. I think you got a couple of minutes. I don't think you do with the heart. I think if the heart gets fucked, you're fucking pretty much done. I think, I mean, you're done, but I, mean, yeah. I think you got a little bit more time to get up and stab someone else. I don't know. I mean, neither do I, but I'd assume your blood's got to pump out the last of its blood. Or not pump out, but slowly die. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Um, so the movie starts with a car chase. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I, again, like I said, well, I want to kind of start from the top and just talk about the things I hate, not necessarily in chronological order, but it is the top. And it never really comes up again. But Cotton's got the number one, like, talk show in the country. Yeah. Again, that's just weird to me. The number one, like, crime talk show, I think. It's... I don't think it's crime. They're talking about, well, I, I guess so. They're talking about road rage. Okay. But. I mean, that I buy. We were talking uh, about it. I think... Rubs me the wrong way. Um, what's his name? Can't think of his name. Can't think of his daughter's name. But it was a very high-profile murder of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and that girl's father was the host of America's Most Wanted for a very, very long time. Yeah, he was famous for that. Yeah, but they show a clip of his show. It's very clearly not that kind of a thing. It's just like Oprah or something. Like The View. Yeah, I, so I know. Weird. But it's somebody, somebody who was involved in a true crime becoming a celebrity. Yeah, I buy that. Um, and that's kind of his goal at the end of two. He's yeah. talking about it all through two. So it happened for him. I'm happy for him until he dies. Um, I can't. Oh yeah, and then the plot of this movie is them making Stab Three, which is about the events of Scream One, which you'd think that would be what Stab One was about, right? Wait, what's the third one about now? 
they're filming Stab 3. Yeah, and it's basically the same movie they already made because when they're doing Stab 1 and the second one, it is the first one. It's yeah. them recreating scenes from the first one. So what are they doing for Stab 3? It looks like they're back in Woodsboro, but we never really see any clips, so I can't really discern which one it is. Are they just winging it? They might be just winging it. Okay, so they're making a new story where they go back to Woodsboro and like. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, there's also that thing where like we've discussed privately the fact that like there are attempts by this new writer to try to be kind of meta, mm-hmm. but yeah. it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So yeah, another one of my gripes is just like was making it was making the movie they're making stab three just because you're making the third one because there wasn't a second one yet. I feel like this movie would have worked a lot better if it was Scream 2. Yeah. Um, I think if the plot of Scream 2 is that they're making this movie, mm-hmm. and you could get meta that way. Yeah. And it was written by Kevin Williamson instead mm-hmm. of John Thoroughbred or whatever uh, he said his like name Kruger was. like Kruger or something. Okay. Timothy Kruger, maybe? Um, I don't know. I think that could have maybe worked better... Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the premise of, like, them making the movie. Because the movie has... I no, guess. Because the, the Stab movie has nothing to do with Scream 2. They yeah. show it at the beginning, and then that's it. Yeah. I also, you know... You know, one of the complaints I had was that he is kind of supernatural, but again, they acknowledge it with the Jamie Kennedy thing, so I guess that's fine. But then he also acknowledges the whole, like, oh, something fundamental is going to change. And, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, God... Yeah, the killer's gonna be her fucking brother, especially with all the shit going on with his mo- her mom and the clues that are being left, and the fact that now everybody's suddenly like, "Oh my god, she was in Hollywood for a year." Yeah, like, disgusting. I was Hate it. fine, w- not fine, but I was okay with all of that until he's like, "Yeah," and then I found Billy Loomis and I convinced him to do this, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, oh so you're making Scream One bad now." It, to me, it's just a whole movie of, like, instead of acknowledging, commenting on, subverting, you know, um, tropes and cliches and and things that... Instead, the movie's just kind of, like, name-dropping other movies and then also, like, tripping over the tropes and ending up, like, right where every other horror movie is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a big bummer all around. Uh, and something else I brought up while we were watching the movie is we were probably like a half hour in, and I was like, "Who do you like in this?" Movie? Yeah, yeah, nobody. Everybody in the movie is just the worst. Yeah, and there's so many points also where like characters will find something, and then they'll go like, <gasps> like they just found out a clue, and then me and you would look at each other and basically go, "What the fuck does that mean?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like when they're like, these were all taken on the same like lot in Paramount or something, and they're like, we gotta go there right now. Why? Yeah. Oh Why? yeah. Yeah. Sydney Why? says that she's like, uh, yeah. She says, can you take me there right now? And I was like, oh, why? What are you gonna? This was thirty think, years ago. You think the killer like hit another clue there or something? Is this? Also, it's a movie set. They probably destroyed or moved it. Yeah, and they do they ever actually end up going specifically to that, and it looks the same in a way or something like that? No, I don't know. Um, Because then there's a point where, like, I know they're on the lot, and Sydney goes piss, but for some reason, even though she's not supposed to be out out of anyone's sight, she goes piss in the back of a not in use lot where like Woodsboro was set up. 
I don't know. Yeah, that, that was really... Like, con- how did she get there, and then when she leaves the bathroom, she's surprised she's in Woodsboro? Yeah, no. How we, the fuck did you get to the bathroom? Yeah, then? exactly. I, I think one of us made the joke when it happened. She's in the bathroom, and you pointed out that it's the same gross hand dispenser, uh, soap dispensers from the first movie, and it looks exactly like the bathroom, the high school bathroom for the third movie, yeah. first movie. And then she walks out, and she's on the set of the other things, and I'm like, do you think she just took a dump in a prop toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Jackass 3. Um, yeah, I also really, really, that this is the one thing that I like about this movie. Ooh. I love the idea of her being on the set yeah. and then getting attacked. Yeah. That's great. Do that for, uh, like I said, this movie would work better as Scream 2, I think. Yeah, because I think Scream 2's backbone being like, they're in college now, is fine from like a realistic standpoint of like, okay, that's what they would do next. But I definitely think... Kevin Williamson with some elements from the second one and some of those elements from the third one would have made a great sequel and they probably never should have made a third one. They probably just should have made a really, really good second one. But again, this is hindsight speaking and yeah, whatnot. And but five comes out soon, so. Yeah. Um, and we have to track down four. But I really do like that. It's kind of surreal and it's obviously like traumatizing, right? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, uh, in a video game, like how sometimes you might actually play through a level that's like, your character re-experiencing a you know yeah. moment it, it really creates this interesting like yeah like i like when she's in the house and like she's getting chased and she does the thing where she's like oh right door, i can't yeah. open this closet door and it's like she's like been this, there like yeah but my but big, then it ends up being on the first floor so we can just come into the window right? yeah, yeah yeah so it's one of those things where like it, it's it's a it's uncanny yeah is what it is it's familiar but something's different yeah exactly and that's great yeah and that's exactly kind of what i think a sequel should do because there's a degree to which you have to deliver what people want mm-hmm. but then it should be a little different yeah also thinking about you know being in 2002 when did this movie come out 2000 we'll call it 2002 sure and you're watching scream 3 and she walks on the set and it's like blah 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 and like gets that shot of the house i'd probably be like is that the is that the house from the first one <laughs> oh, i guess it's the house from the first one <laughs> Yeah, which is really funny that you bring that up because, you know, I love the first three Frankenstein movies. They're kind of a trilogy, even though there are a couple more sequels, but people don't usually consider those kind of canonical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there are, like, huge kind of, like, continuity jumps. Like, for example, the way that Frankenstein's lab looks from the exterior even train changes dramatically from film to film but it's exactly what you were talking about where it's like moviegoers saw that movie and then it left the theater and then the next time you made your movie it didn't matter that much because yeah yeah exactly you you, you say hey it's frankenstein's laboratory and everybody goes cool um so more stuff that i hate about this film i hate but also i love the scene where they're uh, I hate Patrick Warburg or whatever the fuck his name is. In Patrick Warburton. Warburton. Yeah. Uh, love him as a guy. Love him and shit, but I hate this role for him. Yeah. It's he's awful. Just he's just a douchebag, and that's supposed to be kind of funny, I guess, but instead, the whole time, I'm just like, why are you being an asshole to one of the characters I really like, actually? And uh, But then they, they end up in that house, and like they keep like frantically being like, oh, everybody outside, outside. Oh, the fax is going on. All right, everybody inside, inside, inside. Uh, uh, oh, back outside, back outside, back outside. Ah, back inside, back inside. Hate it, but also it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to. 
I weren't you reading that like they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna focus more on the comedy for this. Yeah, movie? the studio wanted them to lean into the comedy because of Columbine. Yeah, okay. I think um, that the, was the big reason why they moved into Hollywood instead of uh, Woodsboro because again, there was that thing where it's like, oh, a small town getting butchered. Ugh, Columbine just happened in a small town. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's forget about it. You know. I'd say the only quote unquote comedy moment that worked for me is them running inside and outside. Oh, inside yeah. and outside. It's very funny. Um, I will say props to this movie i guess a little bit that the kind of main plot ends up being a girl goes to hollywood and uh gets sexually assaulted in order to forward her career and then she ends up having a kid about it and then every other actress making it offhand it is played for laughs at this point which sucks but like pretty much every actress is like Ugh, can't believe i slept with that guy for this or, ugh, can't believe I fucked that guy to get that part or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then the movie ends and it says produced by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, interesting that it was produced by <laughs> And there was no point where he was like, hey, guys, Ixnay. But I think that speaks to just how, like, much of an open secret it was. Yeah. It's, you know, it almost reminds me, although it's context, it's so different. It is so, so different. But... It's kind of like the way that like people like always just kind of like, hey, don't drop the soap. Like they even make that joke in SpongeBob. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's one of those things where it's like wild that everybody just says it and nobody ever goes like, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, maybe maybe I should try to examine for other things that I do like. Is there anything else you can think of liking? You like that one scene where she goes into the room and there's all those ghost faces. Yeah, there's all the ghost faced uh, costumes up in there. Uh, which I liked in theory. It didn't end up being anything worthwhile because uh, then I immediately remembered, oh, wait, this is how Scream 2 starts. Mm-hmm. They're in the movie theater first of a, full of a bunch of ghost faces. Much better, too. It's um, a diluted version of that. Just yeah. like I will say the whole idea that, like, whoa, whoever's calling, it might not actually be the person they think they're talking to is just a diluted version of, like, is this character dreaming right now? Which is what Nightmare on Elm Street does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where like it never ends up actually working because every time like things are a little off in the phone call, I'm like, oh, okay, it's the killer. Oh, every time someone talks to someone else on the phone, they're talking to yeah. the killer. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, there's no normal conversations yeah, no. in the film. Uh, so they do a very bad job of burying that lead. Uh, and then on that same topic, there was something else I was just meaning. Oh, yeah, real quick, just another thing, another sin this movie uh, commits, in my opinion, is the the thing where they make all of the actor characters just insufferable for some reason. I feel yeah. like movies that yeah. are about like actors trying to break in the biz that aren't the main characters, they always do that thing where they're like, oh, you're just mad because she fucked him better than you and got a better role or whatever. And it's like, well, why... I don't like these people. I don't relate to them. I hate them. Yeah. Get them get them off the screen. Why would you do this to them? They could have just been normal people. Mm-hmm. Or not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, yeah, we probably didn't have to have that. Because then the movie does that weird thing where they, like, buddy up. I guess it's specifically Gail, but, like, for some reason, Gail just has, like, her protege with her the whole time kind of yeah the girl who plays her in the movie yeah. and it just seems so out of character because i feel like at a certain point actually at every point possible gail would have been like hey get the fuck away from me stop you helped me get into that room now get the fuck out of here yeah i feel do, like that would have been in line with her character yeah they do that for t- 10 minutes maybe and, and then, then eventually she's like the, fine <laughs> get in the car and then they're the best of friends yeah yeah um also they keep like uh alluding to the fact that the girl who plays sydney in the movie 
Might be the killer. Might be the killer, but every time she shows up, I'm like, is that her? Okay, yeah, I guess that's her. Because her hair changes four times in this movie. It's yeah. long, and then it's short, and then it's medium, and I just couldn't. There is something sinister about her, but every time I'm just like, what the fuck is this girl doing here? Because she keeps like popping out of bathrooms and closets and fucking yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, I, She's never just naturally in a scene in that movie. I, I thought less that and more so every time that she popped up, I'm like, why the fuck are they doing this? Because, <laughs> like, not for a hot second was I like, oh, it's her. Okay, yeah. Or, ooh, it could be her. I'm like, no. She's... What was the thing I said I liked about this movie? I don't remember. Uh, them running in and out of the house. No. Or her well, seeing the house no, on set. No, no, it it's the set. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I like, Jamie Kennedy's back. And yeah. I like Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. You know what we like about this movie? When it reminds us of other movies. <laughs> More specifically, the first one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scream 3 is good when it's reminding you of better Scream yeah. movies. Also, I hate... God, there's just so many little things where, like, it makes sense totally, but, like, it's just one of those things where it's, like... It's almost like weird little detours. They're so minuscule that are just, like, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's weird. Like, when she shows up and there's a metal detective detector waiting there for her to scan her body to make sure she didn't bring a gun. Like, I get it. Logically, he wouldn't do that. But also, it's just a weird... I, but I guess it works so that, like, oh, because then you're, like, it works for the bait and switch later. Where'd he get the metal detector, though? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, did he go out of his way to buy one to make sure that when he got her there, he could then have her use it? Like, because that's insane. If, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, I get it because it is logical, but also it's one of those things where it's, like, that's a lot of planning. Uh, it's not 40. Che- it's 40 checkers for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't like that. And this is also the first time in the series where I'm not that scared of the ghost face. Like I said, in the first two, I feel like there's like a bit of a visceral nature to him. He's brutal. He is actually kind of scary. He stabs through a fucking stall door or whatever. Yeah. Those things are hard plastic. Two had at least the scene where they're in the car. There's no part in this movie that made me tense or even a little bit scared or be like, no. ooh, it'd be scary to be in that situation. No, not one. Um... To go back just a little bit, uh, I disagree. I absolutely hate Jamie Kennedy in this movie. Really? I think Jamie Kennedy himself, fine. Jamie Kennedy being in this movie, uh-huh. I hated it. Yeah, I don't like that whole thing where it's like, if you watch this, is too late. Because in the first movie, he gets up and goes, you guys don't know the rules? Mm-hmm. And explains the rules, and it's just a fun joke, and oh, you see it play out later. I'm sorry. And in what? Go ahead, but I remembered something. And in two... He's just, you know, yapping in the background all the time. And people are like, fucking... No, he gives the rules. Yeah, and he's given the rules. Everyone's usually like, fucking shut up. All right, Jamie Kennedy, shut up. We're being murdered, all right? And then in three, everyone's like, oh, we got to watch this videotape. And they watch it. And he's like, these are the rules. That's fair. Everyone's like, oh, this is important information we should be remembering for later. And no one does. Well, that's also, like, one of the things that in the first couple movies, I think it works in terms of like just being a bit of like meta comedy yeah he's talking to us in the other movies but in this one yeah it ends up being like i don't know if it's like the 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 screenwriter like misunderstanding that and then just assuming that like he's actually like some sort of oracle type figure who yeah they're like oh well it happens in the other movies it's got to happen in screen yeah but in the second one god when we were talking about it i meant to bring it up because he's sitting at the table with dewey they're having lunch and he's like all right a sequel the rules are different and he lays out three rules uh the two that he says in the film uh are ga ga h- ga 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 uh oh yeah absolutely bigger body count 
Absolutely could have been looking that up while I was talking. Sorry, go on. Bigger body count, and that the death scenes are more elaborate. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't give a third one. Really? Even though he says there are three rules. For that, you gotta watch the trailer. Does he give a third rule in the trailer? In the trailer, yes. Wow. Don't remember what the third one is? So go ahead and find that trailer. I won't. Anyways, back to the second one, third one. Uh, we watched it. Um, I can't, like, I can't, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of the end, and I know it happens in that basement. Um, it happens with, um, ooh, I can't even remember his name. He's one of the boyfriends in Scrubs, the killer ends up being. And it was the same thing with uh, Timothy Oliphant, too. I remembered it was him in this movie, because uh-huh. I remembered he was the guy from Scrubs. Mm-hmm. That's all I remembered. But it's the same thing with Timothy Oliphant, too, where he shows up at the beginning, and but then, then he's not, yeah. gone until the last ten minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I take... I like the idea of the reporter from the second one being like, it's always blame the parents as a motive way more than I like this weird thing about him being like the bastard son of, you know, Sydney's mom. Yeah. Very strange. Was his plan to kill people on the movie set until Sydney eventually showed up? Yeah. Because how could he account for that? What's the first murder? Oh, that's right. He comes after Cotton. Yeah. And then after that, he starts leaving pictures of Sydney's mom. At the crime scene. Oh, that's right. He's looking for her. Yeah, he's trying to find her. Yeah. But she's in witness protection. Yeah, and that's right. He calls her and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, also, I totally forgot about her having all those visions of her dead mom. Yeah, that's a really weird, like, four, five, six Halloween sequel, like, a way that they, like, add in, like, some weird supernatural element that just... It's just her having doesn't fit with the rest yeah it's just her having ptsd which i feel like could have been done better for sure other we <laughs> made the joke at the end where like they see her walking with a dog and like yeah she's okay she'll be fine and yeah like no no she will not yeah yeah i think it's weird i think it's a very weird weird addition to the movie also a gust of wind blows a door open i think five or six times in this movie yeah are the hollywood hills that windy i don't know i don't think anywhere's that windy bud yeah. When was the last time you saw Augusta wind clo- bust open a shut? More often than door? not, the wind usually closes doors, usually slams doors yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah. That's what I've experienced. Usually slams open doors. They're not good at turning handles. I'm going to give this movie a big fat F. Failed. It failed miserably, in my opinion. I'm going to give it a D. Yeah. Because I had fun watching it. Yeah, I'd say I'd say an F for a movie is a movie that I find boring. Really, I didn't think that this movie was good. Yeah, but I had fun. We had some good yucks watching it. Uh, I laughed when they were running in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, I wasn't bored watching it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna consider like uh, Fs are when I I I think that there's something the movie tried to do, or at least in the case of a sequel, something that the series has been established as accomplishing that it just fails to just mix and misses the market you know whatever it was trying for it didn't end up doing right and what it's trying to do is the same thing right it lays out the three rules about how like oh something there's a twist there's something you didn't whatever yada 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 but yeah i just don't think it's ever successfully like aware of itself enough to then actually like 
Um, you know, in the first one, we were talking up <clears throat> a lot about how, like, oh, it's like Wes Craven's movie where he's just, like, such a horror master that at this point he can kind of, yeah. like, riff on it. You know, yeah. it can almost, you know, table talk. Well, also, Kevin Williamson is a big part of that. A yeah. lot of that was written by him, yeah. you know? And now Kevin Williamson is gone, and there's some guy who can clearly write a horror movie, but he definitely can't write a good one. And if you can't write a good one, then you can't write a good one that also does table talk, that also yeah. is meta, right? And so I think it just ends up letting down the first two, even though the second one wasn't even that good. I think we probably gave it like a C or something. Yeah. So anyways, that's my criteria for an F is like if it just completely fails what I expected from it. Yeah, no, I think that works. I think that's that's a perfect criteria for an F, and that's probably what I would give a movie an F for. But like I'm... We we had fun. Yeah, like I said, I had fun. I think, And I think it is just... Hey, I'll tell you what, I'd watch it again. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I am probably going to watch Scream 3 again before I die. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully I don't die tomorrow. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Oh, God, please let me see the kid scream three one more time. Within a reasonable amount of time. I don't want to see it again too soon. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone. It's called One for the Angels. Death comes for a guy, right? He has a job where he sells shit on the street corner or whatever. He's very close with the neighborhood kids. Very briefly, he says, like, hey, it's your time. He's like, but I've got unfinished business. And then Death's like, oh, uh, well, actually, there's infrastructure for that. So, like, what is the thing? And he's like, ah, I've never been skydiving. And he's like, that's not it. You could, could come with me. And he's like, well, there is one guy, thing. I have to avenge the, the rape and murder of my girlfriend and play a guitar solo on the roof. <laughs> yeah. The well, then he goes on this thing about how he's like, I always wanted to make a real good sale or whatever. One that would, one for the angels, one that would open up, you know, yada, 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 or whatever. And spoilers at the end of the movie, he does. Because basically what happens is once he makes that deal with death that he can have a little more time to try to finish up his business, he ends up killing one of the neighborhood kids that he likes or whatever. And she's going to die tonight at midnight kind of a thing. And so then he ends up setting up outside of her house and like uh you know to make a sale or whatever and death's like hey this is kind of late for a sale and he's like hey you never know when a sale is gonna come across and the whole thing is that death is very punctual and he makes death late for the appointment and so you know at the end that's kind of like that was a really good you know sale and he's like yeah yeah it was wasn't it and he's like one for the angels and he's like yeah yeah i guess it was and they go off together but anyways in that scenario you would have to say obviously my unfinished business is the I gotta see Scream Three one more time. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of work for not that funny of a. <laughs> I guess it would have been funnier like if I could have just made the the reference. If I was dying, it was a deep cut though. And death came to me. Yeah, and I was like, I gotta see. Uh, no, I'm, I gotta see Scream Three before I die. Yeah. He was like, Okay, you can have. He would grant that one for sure. He'd, what? I'm saying he'd grant that one. Yeah, no, and he was like, "All right, fine, you can, you can watch Scream Three. You can sit in this living room and watch Live for two more hours or watch Scream 3 I'd probably be like, "Nah, that's fine. You can just, <laughs> I'll just go." Uh, <clears throat> right now, in this moment specifically, doesn't have to be that deep. You decide. If you were given that deal by death, what would be your case for I've got unfinished business? Oof. Um, I've never been in love. No, I'm kidding. Um, That'd be a very sweet one. Um, that would probably even get you. I don't know. That'd probably even get it for you. I don't think I have one. Yeah. 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 I'd like to do a kickflip before I die. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see a different country before I die. That'd probably be it. I've yeah. never left the country. But that's not as philosophical and nice as a, a, a one for the angels. I think being in love was a decent one. 
Okay. Well, I think I have, but... Yeah. What about... Reciprocated... Um... Love with longevity. Um, I feel like that'd be a loophole. I'd like to be married for a while and have well, at least yeah. one or two kids. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I don't think I have one like the one for the angels thing that would work because anything that I'm in the process of or that I'd like out of my life is like a thing where it's like, hey, buddy, we're talking 20, 30 years for me to figure out like yeah. I want to have like a kid or something. or I'd like to get married or I'd like to write a novel one day or something. Those are all things where it's like. Yeah, okay, how long is that going to take you, buddy? So anyways, we've graded the film at this point. We're not talking about movies anymore, so I think that means... Uh, well, you know, here's a fun thing. So on to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Enough with that drivel that we were just talking about. Chris, yes. what did you think about Scream 4? Finally, after all these years, we've seen Scream 4. I've been trying for the last two days to figure out how exactly I'm going to get my point across i gave a dry run to delaney earlier i will agree with you that this is by far the strongest scream sequel oh don't you, you spoiler alert you ruined my opinion whatever go on <sighs> fuck i'm sorry it's fine okay aspects of it because i think there are a lot of moments in this that would work really well as a slasher movie in general okay my problem with the scream sequels is this you're going to crucify me because I know I'm not going to be able to fucking explain it perfectly. But all three of them, lumping them all together. The first one stands alone. Perfect. Beautiful. Right? It has this thing about the way that it does meta-commentary where I feel like it's not doing that sort of, like, scary movie thing where you're looking at it and you're going, like, um... Oh, yeah, and then let me guess. The cop's going to walk in and whatever, and I'm going to have big tits. I know it, there's like a, there's an F. Sorry, that was weird. Anyways, <laughs> I thought that was the sliding, sliding glass door. There's a tone to which I feel like it's uh, criticizing from almost a standpoint of kind of like love for the thing and also that young kind of like... Uh, I can do better than the generation before me. Look at all these ideas that have gotten okay. stale, and I'm coming in here, and I want to be taken seriously, and this is going to be edgy, and this is going to be biting. Example. When, at the end, they reveal why they're doing all of this, the whole time, even though they're saying silly shit that they heard from other characters earlier, like, oh, it's the Millennium. It's scarier if we don't have a motive. The whole time they feel dangerous, and it's scary, and you're like, wow. You know, like, fuck, this is like, what are they going to do next, yeah. right? My problem with the second, third, and fourth one is that it's a much more cynical, curmudgeon kind of like, <laughs> yeah, and let me guess, I'm going to stick my head out the window, and an axe is going to come down on my head, and then it does, and everybody's like, ah, whatever. Um, example, more on-the-nose example, when Sydney Prescott, spoilers, when her niece is revealed to be the killer, her motive scene, in my opinion, is very different mm -hmm. because the way she's saying it is as if you as the audience is supposed to side with the writer in acknowledging that, like, what she's saying is a dumb, privileged, millennial thing to say. Yeah. It's not supposed to be scary 
Like it wasn't Scream where you're like, oh, fuck, it is a new generation. These are people who don't have to be like, eh, for 30 years they walked on my lawn and now I'm going to get back at them. No, they've just seen too many movies and they're a little fucked up and they're killing people, right? Yeah. And it's scary. Whereas like all the other Scream movies, it's that kind of a thing where like, I don't know what the words I'm looking for are, but it just has this thing where like, it's it's less like hungry and genuine and like watch how good I can do and a lot more just like, almost, it's almost like, the way that the scary movies progressed where like it just kind of like a lost sight of like i don't know actually wanting to also contribute to the genre and instead just trying to go for like that meta thing without actually yeah. having like the right to i guess that's a good way to put it like i feel like the scream has the right to be meta and none of the sequels earn the right to be meta meta either sorry i went on for so long and i really don't know if i got my point across but that's no i know exactly my biggest problem with the sequels I have so many things to jump off from what you just said. Try not to forget. I won't. I will. Take your time. I mean, I will. We have time to kill. In the first movie, (laughs) Billy Loomis, like you said, watched one too many movies. Yeah. Now he's like this. But aside from that, Uh he is an insane person. Yeah. And you get that through the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Just the way he speaks to Sydney. Yeah, well, you pointed out it's a great thing. And I think I... But even just when he's like, oh, geez, can you get over your mom already? Exactly. Everything he does, he is such a textbook narcissist. Yeah. And so, you know, the whole him finding out his mom was cheating or Mm -hmm. his dad was cheating with her mom and being like that setting him over the edge. And now he's going to make it right because he's been wrong. Yes, but also on top of that, he's seen all these movies, so blah, 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 this and that, and he peer pressures his his dumb best friend into helping him. Yeah. That all works perfectly. Yeah. And like I say, I think a decent contribution to the genre, right? That's where you kind of earn your right. You earn your right. And... What? She's agreeing with you. Keep going. Appreciate it, Coop. Um, Emma Roberts, whatever her name is in Scream 4, yeah. has nine fucking motives. <laughs> she, before yeah. she kills her boyfriend, she's like, oh, well, this is what happens when you cheat on a girl who blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he sh- she shoots hit her, yeah. shoots him. And then she's like, oh, all my life I hear Sydney this, Sydney that, and I always living in your shadow. Yeah. I don't even know you, so now it's going to be my turn. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into the 15 minutes of fame. And, and the 15 these... minutes of fame, and yeah. then you know, it's going to be spread all over online. But at no point did I ever think that this girl was an insane person. Yeah. There are no signs she of this movie. normal the whole time. She's very normal the entire time, where when you watch... Which... To agree with you and also put words in your mouth for a minute, because I think it's what you're saying, that's not a bait and switch. Yeah. If you just characterize a character one way the whole time and then change the way they act, it's not a bait and switch. Yeah. My favorite thing about Scream is 20 minutes in, she goes, oh, fuck, I think it's my boyfriend. And then for the whole movie, you're like, it looks like it might be the boyfriend. Yeah. And then he gets stabbed by Ghostface, and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, fuck, I guess I was wrong. It's Mm -hmm. not the boyfriend. And at the end, it's like... Oh, it's the boyfriend and his boyfriend. <laughs> and it's great. But in this, she's just just the girl mm-hmm. and she's the surrogate for Sydney in this reboot. Yeah. And then it's like, oh nope, it turned out to be me and the um Jamie Kennedy substitute in this mm-hmm. movie. Which I didn't hate when I first started when we watched it. I hate it more than I, now I've had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. I did really like watching Scream Four that I was like Yeah, though this is easily the easiest to watch sequel i think yeah um but that's again real quick i'll agree with you like i said i think you were right like i think i said it in the kitchen after we finished 
But my biggest thing is that all of the sequels are so far behind the first one. Yeah. That it's really not a compliment to say Scream 4 is the best it's, one. Oh, no, for yeah. sure. And that brings me back to another thing I was going to say about what you were saying about all of them being like, oh, and then an axe is going to hit me in the head. The thing that works so well about Scream 1 yeah. is Kevin Williamson wrote it, and it's, you know, an homage to all these... <laughs> to all these old slasher movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was trying to scare her, so she stops coming over to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, just an insane way to do it. Um, <laughs> it's an homage. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna cut a lot of this out. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Okay. It's an homage to all these old slasher movies written by this guy, and mm-hmm. then you get Wes Craven to direct it. Yeah. And all these tricks and all these things that you've seen in these other movies. I said this when we were talking about Scream 1 mm-hmm. originally. Wes Craven can do it because he's like, I was there, I was in the room when we came up with this shit. I, I wrote know, the book on this. I wrote the book on this. <laughs> I know how all of this works. Yeah. So he can do it and subvert it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like the great scenes where they're walking around with the music from Halloween because it's playing on the I was the just going to bring that up. because he looks in the closet yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. That's another example really quick of, again, contributing something, yeah. earning something. Where is a scene that clever in any of the sequels? Like in Screen 3, you get the DVD or the video of Jamie Kennedy being like, these are the rules mm-hmm. of the third movie. And it's like... Are they? Yeah. I, I can't... Okay, maybe. And yeah. then, like, he ends that message by going, and uh, I guess I'll see some of you soon. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody in that movie dies. <laughs> and, yeah, the, the, the two and three are very much so being like, mm, well, this is how sequels work, and, mm, and it's like, this is, is how it? third movies work. And it's like... Because okay. that shit breaks all the time. Like, what about Season of the Witch, Halloween 3? Yeah, exactly. Or, like, what about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? That's a very strange movie that does not follow any of the rules of the sequel. Well, I guess it does, like... The kills are more grotesque. But it doesn't follow all the rules. All I'm saying is, yes, you get into Muddy Waters once you get into, like, what are the rules of a sequel? Yeah, and it's like, oh, oh, in the third one, you'll reveal something from the from, from your past, from the first movie. It's always the third time, one sometimes. It's the fourth one. It's the fifth it's one. Like, it's the sixth one. Or sometimes it just doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. And that's what I liked about this one. Yeah. The rules of the reboot are a little more clear. Yes, and they're better. Yeah. And there are definitely points in this where I'm like, oh, fuck. They're just redoing this from this movie. Mm-hmm. And it takes me a minute to realize it, mm-hmm. which is like Scream 1 when he's walking through the house. And I'm like, oh, fuck. They're playing the music from Halloween that's on the TV. This is what they're doing. That's yeah. very cool. Um, like, there's a bunch of examples. But my biggest one, we talked about it the other night, is when they're at the Stabathon. Yeah. They, they started up. They introduced the scene where they're like, well... If this person's doing the reboot, they're going to attack at a big party. Mm-hmm. When's a big party coming up? And they're like, well, we're having the Stabathon. We're not going to tell you where it is. Uh, but also, he's live streaming his entire life. Oh, my God. So. This kid has a camera on the entire time. <laughs> yeah, we both made that joke at the same time. Where it's like, okay, you guys go home, boot up your computer, pay attention to the route he yeah. takes. <laughs> Find out where he's going. Or yeah. just look a little bit further in the archive of the live stream and watch him check in his emails. Yeah. Emails, so he finds out. So he... Anyway. They get to the Stabathon. It's a bunch of people watching all the Stab movies together. Stab 1 starts playing. 
the Robert Rodriguez directed thing from Scream Two. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the barn's watching it. They're reciting lines from it. And I will say, pause it. for a second. Stab. I was looking at that inside the movie and I was like, "Fuck, I don't watch that movie." Or oh I'll yeah, no. I, oh, I would so watch Stab. Um, and like they're screaming at the at the at the screen like it's a a bunch of people watching the room. I'm so sorry to interrupt again, but that just made me think. Like I was like, how would you recreate an experience like that? I think it'd be so cool. I know that it exists in the sense of the Spanish Dracula thing. But, like, it'd be so cool if, like, I don't know, maybe A24 would be risky enough to do this. But take the same script and, like, give it to two separate directors and crews that shoot it at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then you could just watch and see what each of these teams did with the same thing at the exact same time. So there's no reference to each other, you know, yada, yada, yada. That'd be very cool. Yeah. It's almost like Dracula and Spanish Dracula. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the only example I know that exists. But again, the purpose would only be, like... Because, like, imagine if at the same time Wes Craven is directing Scream, Robert Rodriguez actually did. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you have these two... Oh, I'm so excited to watch another vampire movie because I'm going to talk about Dracula so bad, Chris. Okay. <laughs> We're going to watch them in a little bit. But, but anyways, you're talking about Stabathon and Stab-a-thon. the references you love. and Everybody's watching Stab. Yeah. And they're screaming at the theater like it's... Screaming at the screen like it's either, you know a bunch of people watching the room or rocking yeah. or a picture show or watching stab three and scream two and scream two they're watching stab one. Oh, did it together chris oh it's the third one where they jump to the third one yeah yeah um and that is very reminiscent of the scene from the beginning of scream two mm-hmm. a bunch of people are watching scream and they're watching stab and like throwing shit at the scream and yell at the screen and yelling and stuff like that and then gail courtney cox comes in because she's like, oh, fuck, some shit's going to go down here. And she starts putting cameras all over the place, like she did in Scream 1. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then uh, all of her cameras start going out. And it's like, oh, that's spooky, because she's watching from the screen inside of her car on her laptop. And all the cameras start going out. And she's like, oh, I got to go in there and figure this out. And she picks up a camera, and she's walking around with it because she sees something I don't remember. Oh, she sees the other webcam that the killer has set up. And Dewey comes along to come help her, and he looks in her car window while she's inside the barn and sees her holding that camera and the killer coming. And it's like, oh, fuck. That exact same thing happened in Scream 1. Well, can we pause for a second? The whole idea of them recording the kills kind of went nowhere also. Yes, absolutely. It just shows up like in like 3% of the film, but then is never like connected as a dot as to like why they're doing it, what they're going to do with it. They're like, oh, we're recording it because everybody records shit nowadays, and also it helps set up an alibi. Okay. I think that's all it was. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, it's just like the scene in Scream 1 where she hides the camera inside the party, and yeah. What's-His-Face is watching it from the van. He's but like, there's oh, a there's delay. a 30-second delay. So good. Which is so much better. So much better. I, fuck, there's another, there's another reference in the Stabathon thing that I can't remember. And there's other references in the movie that I just can't remember. Yeah. Um, so, say something. No. <laughs> I will say the cop car, Scream 2 <laughs> cop car scene, for me, is uh, the one where they're uh, looking at their neighbor's room as she gets murdered by Ghostface. Yeah. Yeah. That, in my opinion, is almost as good as the Wes Craven-directed scene where she has to crawl over an unconscious ghost face. That's so tense. But yeah, I love when like she's like, you're not in that fucking closet, you're not in that fucking closet. And he's like, 
I never said I was in your closet. Yeah. That's the only time, in my opinion, other than when Ghostface is interacting with Sydney specifically, that I feel like Ghostface is actually like being what I want him to be, which is that he like talks to them and taunts them and stuff like yeah. that. But like the first like hour of the movie, everybody keeps doing this thing where they're like pretending to be Ghostface and everybody keeps it. If I swear to God, I was gonna stop watching if I heard what's your favorite scary movie yeah. one more time. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. Yeah, I love that scene where he's in the neighbor's closet. Yeah. Because it's, it reminds me of just what I love about Scream 1, mm-hmm. where it's like as soon as that phone call starts, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's in the neighbor's room. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, I'm like, oh, fuck, he's in the neighbor's room. Oh, fuck, he's in the neighbor's room. And I could be misremembering, but I, I, I'm pretty sure in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, your main girl, I'm trying to remember her name, and I can't. Johnny Depp. Uh, but she lives. She's dating Johnny Depp, I think, and he like lives across the way, and I think she's supposed to be. He's supposed to be staying up to help her stay awake, but she falls asleep a little bit, and then like wakes up, and she's like, "Fuck, you know, he didn't call me." So she guys calling him, and he's not answering. And she's like, "Oh my god, now he's gonna get murdered." And I think they live across the way, but she doesn't necessarily like see it away. But it's it it it, it just reminded me of that, I guess. Anyways, but what what I like so much about it is it's just like Scream One. Even if I see something coming from a mile away, I'm like this is really good mm-hmm. this is i'm intrigued even though i know exactly what's going to happen in mm-hmm. a minute. i also didn't like necessarily here's something i didn't like uh again like it's just one of those things where i don't care and in fact i love how many halloween sequels there are yeah. i love how many nightmare on elm street sequels there are i love how many t- uh, friday the 13th sequels there are they're not necessarily good but each one of them has their their own like sort of atmosphere and aesthetic. Okay. And they also kind of like carry on a lot of the feel and the vibe of of, of, of each of their respective franchises. Sure, at a certain point they lose the plot or they lose the magic, whatever. And like I said, they're not necessarily good movies. I think one of the things that really bums me out is I'm like, God damn, four times with this one person. Yeah. Only, only really in Halloween does that happen, where Jamie Lee Curtis is still alive to this day in that universe. But in most, most, there's the final girl, but she doesn't really get fucked with ever again. Except Friday the 13th Part like 2 starts with the girl from 1 getting murdered, and then there's a new girl, which is more of a reference to Psycho or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, there's that scene, for example, where, like, uh, Gail yells to Dewey as he's giving a press conference. She's like, you're going to comment on the fact that this mirrors uh, the same thing that happened, like, 20 years ago? And I was just like... Yeah, for the fourth time, it's mirroring that. Like, it's a pretty big lead that it's a mirror. Like, everybody's already yeah. aware of that. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, I was thinking about it during this movie. It's like, this has happened three times to Sidney Prescott. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's writing a book and going, these are the towns I'm going to be in, and then also going back to her hometown, mm-hmm. incredibly irresponsible. On the 20th anniversary? Incredibly irresponsible. Yeah. If you are Sidney Prescott... yeah. You change your name to Deborah Johnson. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I'm such thing. a bad improver. Exactly I just right. I couldn't think of a last name, but I said my own last yeah. name. But that's another thing you bring up uh, that I totally forgot about. In the second and third ones, she's living in like witness protection or whatever. She has an alternate name. Does she? Yes, hundred percent. This is news to me. No, it is not. That's why she's living in the fucking like California hillsides and nobody can find her because she's not in the fucking phone book as Sydney Prescott. She's going by another name. Okay, well, who are you to tell me what's news to me? <laughs> you don't remember that part of the movie? 
I remember her just like trying to get away from everything yeah. being in the 90s so it's a little bit easier but I don't remember her going by another name or anything like that or really being in witness protection Thank also God. I think a big uh, hang up in this movie is when she's like alright as soon as it starts happening she's like alright I'm getting the fuck out of here and the cops are like mm, no you have to stay I'm like no I think you'd get her the fuck out of here um, while you're looking up whatever you're looking up um a big point of this movie I did like, and it's something I do like about modern horror movies, is the two cops that are guarding the house the entire time. Um, they're played by a man I recognize and a man I don't. Can't think of his name. But yeah, there's two cops sitting outside, and they're just shooting the shit every now and then, and they're like kind of a comic relief. But it's a trope in modern horror movies that I really like. I can think about it in like the new Halloween where they're just two what would usually be nameless characters that are going to die. They're here just to die in this movie. But you give them these fun little scenes and you're like, you know what? I like these guys. And then they die and you're like, oh no! But in like any other movie, it would just be two cops sitting outside and then they get stabbed and then they're dead. Yeah, they're probably my favorite part of this movie. That's probably a bit hyperbolic, but I did enjoy the cops quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, very funny, especially... Uh, when the one cop is like, uh, all right, all right, I'll be right back. Oh, shit, I'm not supposed to stay then, right? That joke works really well. Oh, yeah. But then the movie does the thing that I, my biggest complaint about it, immediately after, Sydney and her aunt are in the kitchen, and her aunt's like, okay, I'll be right back. And then Sydney looks at her like, uh-oh. And the movie made the same reference twice inside of like three minutes. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. just does that so often. Like how many fucking times did I have to hear what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. Make the reference once and fucking stop. <laughs> fucking stop. Maybe for the wrong reasons, my favorite part of this movie is there's a part earlier where Alison Brie gets stabbed in the stomach, immediately dies. Yeah. These two cops get jumped by Ghostface. Mm-hmm. One of them gets stabbed a bunch, dies. The other one gets stabbed in the forehead. Brain, basically. Gets right brain. between the center, right in the center of the brain. Cuts Third it. eye. Gets scanned darkly, his brain split down right in the middle. Yeah, left and right. Left and right. Independent. And then he goes, ugh, ugh. For a minute and seven seconds. Opens the car door, goes, what? Oh no! Starts uh, swinging. Yeah. Falls to his knees. Goes fuck Bruce Willis because of a conversation they had earlier, yeah. and then dies. Yeah. Very dramatic. So fucking good. Yeah. Very good. That brings me to my second favorite part of this movie. At the beginning, they do the classic fake out. That not, I mean, kind of a fake out, like a Scream One, which I know by the time me and you both had seen this movie, we knew about already. I'm, seen the first scream we knew about i'm pretty sure is that drew barrymore dies immediately yeah she's the biggest star in this movie dies immediately this movie starts with two young actresses i can't remember the girl's name but one of them is a pretty big actress currently she's in a lot of stuff and her and her friend are like oh this guy's stalking me on facebook and then ghostface shows up and kills that girl and i'm like okay so the famous girl who's on the poster of this movie Mm mm-hmm is going to make it through this. And then she dies. So I'm like, oh, fuck, but they that, got me. That one's already like three gotchas deep, isn't it? Maybe. Because the first one's just a couple of... No, 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 no. This is the first one I'm This is the first about. one? Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, they got me. She was on the poster. I thought it was going to be her. And then it goes, stab six. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And then it cuts to two. It cuts to Rogue and Dak Shepard's wife. You mean Sookie Stackhouse. Sure. Uh, talking about. Sookie. I don't know. I don't get the reference. Sookie Stackhouse. True Blood. I love the True Blood. Oh, never saw it. Um, it it's them doing more meta commentary about meta commentary. And then Dak Shepard's wife sta- stabs Sookie Steakhouse, or whatever you're, you called her. Um, and it goes, Stab Seven. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's pretty good. And we were both yeah. like, this movie is insane. Yeah. And I then, do like the idea of it uh, inceptioning me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will say that immediately when the first one started, like the way that they were talking mm-hmm. was very textbook, like, oh, God. And you know that just a gay, 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 like million minute, like million yeah. word a minute, like just like deconstructing like tropes. And I was like, oh, yeah. is this what this movie's going to be? I think, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is this what this movie's going to be? And then it was like, stab six. And I was like, fuck. And then, and then there's like, two more girls doing the same shit. And I was like, oh my god, it is gonna be this. And it's like stab seven. seven, and it's like, oh, they got me. Yeah. And then, and then the last one I think is the most palatable, especially yeah. because like the one girl is like, she's like, you're the dumb big titted blonde, and she's like, actually, I've got a 4.0 GPA mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever yeah. GPA. And yeah, for that whole scene, I'm like, are right, they gonna get a stab eight? When is stab eight? And then an hour and twenty minutes pass, and like cop gets stabbed in the brain. I'm like, oh, please say stab eight right here. <laughs> And then there's the weird, like, semi-reference to the garage death from the first one where she gets smashed by the Yeah, it just kind of closes on her. Yeah. yeah. Layout of that house is weird. We were talking about mm-hmm. this, or I was talking about this. She goes upstairs, closes the door. She's yeah. in an attic, runs down the stairs of the attic, mm-hmm. like an unfinished part of the house, into the garage. Very yeah. strange to me. Um, I will say this is probably the most insufferable that Gail Weathers has been, in my opinion. Oh, she's the worst in this. Yeah. I hate when she's, like, talking to Dewey, and she's like, you got to let me in on this. And he's like, it's police business. And she's like, yeah, but I solved uh, three of these. And then she's like, whatever. I'm going rogue. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I, hey, I helped solve three of these. And I was like, did you? Yeah, did you? You, <laughs> you were, were there, there for sure. <laughs> yeah, you for absolutely sure almost died three times. Yeah. But um, every single time, the killer just went, it was me, and this yeah. is what I'm doing. Yeah, don't treat it like you guys were Scooby in the gang. Yeah, exactly. You guys were 100% at the mercy of whatever psychopath showed up to town that year. Yeah, and it feels like every time she's every time she shows up in this movie, she's just doing her thing, and then someone is basically saying, hey, I know it's kind of your thing that you're the bitch, but not right now, please. Yeah. I will say also, okay, so the second scream is the one that, don't get me wrong, they fumbled the fuck out of it. They mishandled oh, yeah. this. Specifically the motive. But I do wish they would have done a better job. Like, that's a great, in my opinion, like, like it's a great idea for them to be like, oh, it's always the mother. It's always the mother. It's always, like, how the kid was mm. raised, yada, yada, yada. I disagree. Go on, sorry. And then same thing with, like, this motive, which is, like, the thing where it's, like, everybody gets their 15 minutes and stuff like that. I feel like, yes, there's decent criticism to have there. But, again, the way they handled they it just the ball, fucking yeah. fumbled it. I'm going to blame it. On that son of a bitch, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> so I was reading some facts while we were watching this. Yeah. Apparently, this script was written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And they had some bitch whose name I can't even remember. Uh, he wrote Scream 3. Yeah. And then Kevin Williamson wrote Scream Oh, his name's like Aaron Kruger or something? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Williamson wrote Scream 4, and that fat piece of shit, Harvey Weinstein, and his brother bob who i know nothing about 
we're like, mm, no, we're going to have Scream 3 guy come punch this up a little bit. So yeah, because Scream 3 went so well, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. That really made him a lot of money to do that one. So I'm going to blame every bad thing in this movie on that guy and Harvey Weinstein. Sure. <laughs> Unforgivable. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, so that's fair to say, uh, you know, they're, they're just fucking up Kevin Williamson's uh, artistic vision. Um, and yeah, uh, I just wanted to make the point that, like, excuse me, I feel like in all three of these excuse me, sequels, there's, like, a good idea, some decent scary movies, but in general, just fumble. Just these mishandlings. It almost feels like... I'm sure it wasn't, but it almost feels like rushed or something. Or like if someone was like, hey, uh, we'll give you a lot of money to do Scream 2. And they were like, oh, okay, tight. I got a couple ideas. And then like a month before they were supposed to be shooting, they were like, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. God damn it. Christ. I, I got caught up doing Star Wars fan fiction. Oh, God. Too long. All right. Okay. Okay. They're in college this time. Uh, 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 they're in Hollywood this time. Uh, uh, okay. This time... Uh, it's 2021. Uh, it's the niece. It's the niece, and uh, she, 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 15 minutes of fame. Only way to get famous. Uh, fucked up stuff. Uh, some guy who kind of looks like uh, Jamie Kennedy. No, 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 no. Two characters this time. Two characters instead of just Jamie Kennedy, and they, 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 they run a film club. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll agree with you. Scream two and three absolutely feel rushed. Yeah, like you just gotta get a sequel out. This one feels the most thought out out yeah. of all the sequels. Yeah. But again, I'm gonna say still fumbled a bit. It's fumbled. I'm gonna still fumbled. Guess because of what's his face's rewrites. Yeah, but I also love. I think you missed it, but there's a little insert where it's like late at night and Dewey's like rushing to a crime scene, and they got this fucking shot where he's just like head tilted forward, grabbing the wheel <laughs> like this, and yeah. it just happens for like two seconds. It's cheesiest shit I've seen in the whole movie. I, I, something I really liked about this movie is Dewey is the sheriff, and he feels like a sheriff of a police station this entire movie. He's not. Dewey. Yeah. He's not Deputy Dewey yeah. this entire movie. And then right at the end, he gets his ass kicked by a teenage girl beating him over the head with yeah. a poop bucket. I will say a uh, scene that was really fucking making me go, ooh, is when she keeps fucking punching Sydney in her fucking recently stitched yeah, stomach. I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Oh, that's actually pretty gnarly. Oh. I was really hoping Sydney was dead. Like, of yeah. course, they're not going to do it. She's got to come back for five. But oh, I was like, man, I hope... Something you said. I hope I really hoped that this movie ended or was coming to a close and she's getting away with it oh right until the end where someone figures it out. Yeah. But no, it's almost immediate. They're in the hospital and Gail's mm-hmm. like, How'd she know I got stabbed here? Yeah. And on top of that also like uh Oh wait, Sydney's actually in the ICU, she might pull through. You yeah. Know? Um, yes, I agree with you. I think honestly, like, all of them should have died if they do another sequel, like I don't necessarily think they should. But oh, they're doing another one. Already? Scream 5 is coming out, yeah. What do you mean, oh, already? God. Chris, Scream 4 came out a decade ago. No kidding? Came out in 2011, yeah. Wow, Scream I just 4 told Delaney it came out in like 2017. No, it came out 10 wow. years ago. Where's my... <laughs> Here's the pulse. Here's your finger. Far from the pulse. Shoves directly up your ass or whatever. <laughs> um, a little mall rats reference. Um, yada 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 yow. That's insane. What you've just told me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish a lot of them would have died. And honestly, probably would have been a better uh, ending, even if she got away with it. Yeah. I mean, imagine walking away with that and just being like, damn, wow. 
my take at the time was kind of like it's 2011. At the time, I thought it was like 2017, but it's 2011. Forensic would 100% show up and be like, uh, yeah, it looks like she uh, pressed herself against this wall hard enough that it would look like she got stabbed. And yeah, also, yeah, she yeah. shot this guy in the dick. And also, yeah, she stabbed this one. So, uh, yeah, she's everything like, she's telling you is a big fat lie. Yeah, or even like even to a lesser extent, it'd be like, okay, well, she says this guy died, then she died, then he died. But we can for sure tell that he died at this time. Yeah. And then he died, and then she died. And then she died last. Oh, actually, she's in ICU. She's not even dead yet, you know. So, yeah, uh, those are my criticisms for the end. I know you had a very hard time with the end. you want to talk about your hate for the last 10 minutes? Is there anything you haven't said yet, I guess? Because we got to the point where you're like, oh, fuck, I remember yes. I watched these uh, at my friend's house these last 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I caught when this movie, like right, well, like, right when it came out on DVD or whatever, I was at someone else's house, and they were watching the last 10 minutes of it. And I probably hadn't even seen Scream 1 at this point. No, I think I had. No, yeah, no, I'd seen one, two, and three, and had no interest in four. But I remember very much so Gail being in the end of it and it happening in a hospital. Yeah. So when it was happening at the end of the house, I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering it." But yeah, then they get to the hospital. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I'm starting to remember this." And then Sydney turns on the defibrillator, and I just remembered watching these last ten minutes and Sydney turning on the defibrillator. And Gail being like, I have just one word to say to you before I die. And, I'll, and I'm going like, oh, if she says clear, I'm going to lose my mind. And then she goes, clear. And then she defibrillates her brain. I'm like, oh, fuck me. No. And you know what I'm tired of? What are you tired of? Honestly, I think it's weak even in the first movie. But they do it in every one. Where Jamie Kennedy says, the killer always comes back from one last square. And then the killer yeah. goes, Ugh! and he shoots her. And then in the second one, Sydney does the same thing. And then the third one, Sydney does. And then, then this one, yeah, same thing. She gets back up, and Sydney just instinctively, because it's happened to her three times, turns around and shoots her right yeah. as she's about to stab her with some glass or whatever. Garbage. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, why is this a staple of this movie series? Do you want to hear the synopsis of Scream 5? Eh, give it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a, a preamble. Starring David Arquette, Nev Campbell, and Courtney Cox. A woman returns. <laughs> I'm going to read this as written. A woman returns hometown to try and find out who has been committing a series of violent crimes. So, anyways, this movie is easily like a D <laughs> for me. Probably You'd D. give it a D? I'd probably give it a D. I'd give us a B. B? Yeah. For okay. what it is, I'm going to give it a solid B. <sighs> yes. This is, like you said, I agree with you. It's the strongest sequel. Yeah. But also just, I don't feel good about any of them. Like, other than for kind of a goof with you watching them, like, when am I ever really gonna? Like, if someone was like, like, I came over to someone and they're like, oh, we're watching Scream 2. Like, yeah, I would. But, like, I don't know. I uh, guess kind of. I don't know. I would <sighs> say if I had to rewatch a Scream sequel, it would be four. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess they all have like a little bit of a rewatchability thing where it's like, oh no. I'd, oh, do you want to watch the one where they're in college? I'd happily watch any of these again. Yeah, I think so. I'll watch Scream One any day of the week. Yeah. It might take me a little bit of convincing to watch the other ones, but it'd be more for just, a goof. Yeah, but if someone just has one on, I'd be like, you know what? I could find some fun in Scream. Yeah. Two. Scream Three is all camp 
we talked about this recently. The more I think about Scream 3, the more I like it. Yeah. Because it's just camp. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But they're just fun movies to make fun of, with the exception of one. And four has some decent ideas that I'm like, you know what? I can kind of get behind this. Yeah. Until, you know, her monologue at the end. Yeah. I think that's the thing that breaks it down the most. Um, Scream 5 coming in January 2022. So stay tuned for our episode on that. Well, actually, I want to sneak one more little thing in there. I also feel like this is the movie of the series that, in my opinion, has like probably the weakest aesthetic charm. I get that. I yeah. do. I do. I brought it up while we were watching it. I do really appreciate when there's all the outside shots of like the town or the high school. Yeah. And I agree, it's that, very sunny, bright. They got that like '90s glow to yeah, it. Yeah, glow. But yeah, otherwise. I don't know. I'd say the least inspired visually has to be three. Yeah. 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 Okay, so three. Yes, three is the one where it's like Sydney's half-brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You're right in the sense that uh, I would easily rewatch all of them. And they're fun for a goof, and they're they're fine to just kind of have on. But yeah, again, it's just yeah, I don't know. They're all kind of fumbles to a degree. Oh, absolutely, yeah. without a doubt. If I had to put them in an order, oh, okay. Scream one, okay. Scream three, okay. Scream, no, no, I lied. Sorry, <laughs> take that back. I I fumbled. I fumbled immediately. <laughs> yeah. Scream one, scream four, uh-huh. scream three. Scream 2. Yeah. Because my reasoning, Scream 1, untouchable. Scream 3 knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> Scream 4 knows exactly what it is. Scream 4 has is good, has fun ideas. Scream 3 knows exactly what it is. Scream 2 thinks it's doing something when it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably going to say Scream 1 because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Untouchable. Um... Crucify me. I love that cop car scene. Probably gonna put Scream Two number two. That's fine. That's and then Scream Four and then Scream Three for me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just so difficult because like I'm not like angry at any of these movies, but you know what? I changed my mind. Scream Four. Number one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I fumbled it again is what yeah. happened. Scream one, scream four, scream two, scream three. Yeah. Because what I the more I think about scream three right now, there's all that Carrie Fisher stuff. Yeah. Hate it. Just hate it. Yeah. But I do like her going back to the set. That's her house and she opens the door with the closet. That's a great stuck. moment. I and love that. That stuff's moment. great. Yeah. I love, love, love. I wish they would have skipped the whole idea of going to college or whatever. And 100% Scream 2 should have been the idea of they're making a movie of it now. Yeah. And we're in the neighborhood just because we've been, like, flown out or I've been invited for this deal or that deal. And, uh, again, you don't have the bloating of it having twice happen, 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 having happened twice already. And uh, you can just, like, kind of streamline Sydney getting to the moment where mm-hmm. she's, like, reliving her trauma but yeah. as a set on a soundstage like that's such a powerful moment and stuff and honestly if anything i know last time that we talked about a movie i think it was uh 
I, I got to do my dream remake idea. Not hard idea, just a soft pitch for like, I wish they could do an old Dark House. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that would be my thing about the sequels of Scream, is I wish they could just find a way to tastefully and without bloating it, take some of the ideas that worked best of all three, condense it down into one sequel, and there was only a Scream 2. There was never a Scream 3 or 4. Okay. And that, you know, they just, like I said, really, really just put as much effort into it. You know. My wish would be in a perfect world. Yeah. There's only three Scream movies. Yeah. And you turn three and two into one movie. Uh-huh. You get rid of all the college garbage. You get yeah. rid of all of her, Trash. like, ooh, I don't know if I can go through with doing this mm-hmm. play. I don't. And I would also fuck. say get rid of it being, like, her stepbrother, I think. Yeah, get rid of that. I don't like that one that much. Figure out a better killer for two and three. Yeah. <laughs> Combine them into one movie where she's in college, she's laying low, but also they're doing the movie and she has and she finds herself at the set somehow. Yeah, because there's so many cool things that happen with the movie, like even that scene that you love where like he's in the ghost face closet. Yeah, yeah. And there's, they find a way to have just a hundred ghost faces yeah. in the scene. Yeah. And even just the idea that like, you know, here's a little bit of like a, I'm not saying motive, but like, yeah, the the killer could potentially be intrigued because he's like, "Look at me, I'm actually killing people on the set, kind of mad." Yeah, you know, I don't know who he would be or what his this, that, and the other would be, but yeah, that sounds like a, a job for me and you. Something fun that we could do together. Yeah, let's write Scream Two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, sure, Scream Three could be your Scream Four work ten years yeah. later. You'd make another one because with the better ending money 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 also dollar, in our our scream dollar, sequel dollar. we go with the original casting where patrick warburton's character stone is played by stone cold steve austin and guess what in our sequel jamie kennedy don't die oh yeah jamie in our sequels jamie kennedy makes it until scream <laughs> eight <laughs> in our sequels he ends up vice president he becomes the new Sydney. <laughs> he's he's the final girl. Scream two, a cold open on Jamie Kennedy. A cold open. What do you mean Sydney had a heart attack? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say a cold open on Sydney dying immediately. She's yeah, cold open Sydney's funeral. Jamie Kennedy she's, crying over casket. <laughs> she's the Drew Barrymore in Scream yeah. Two. She dies immediately. She's home alone eating a sandwich. She chokes to death. I don't know if she gets killed by Ghostface. Chris, I think we're onto something. Scream 2 opens first five minutes. Sydney dies. There you go. Oh. Follow Jamie Kennedy. Rest of the movie. Well, we're off and running, but <laughs> let's get these women out of this movie. <laughs> Gail Weathers Dead. on vacation in Europe. <laughs> it's just Jamie Kennedy and Dewey hanging out. It's a buddy comedy for 90 minutes. It's Scream 3. It's called... Jamie and Dewey. <laughs> it's not even Jamie Kennedy. I don't even remember what Jamie Kennedy's character is. Guess what? Is. Ghostface is a good guy now. He's hanging out with Dewey Cox and uh, Jamie Kennedy's. There's no murders involved at all. <laughs> it's all weed and dick jokes. They're just detectives. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually working the beat in, uh, in Hollywood. They got brought out because of the movie. All the cops die. All the cops That's die. what Ghostface does. He kills all the cops so that they have to hire exactly. Dewey and uh, Jamie Kennedy. They're the new police force. Of <laughs> <laughs> oh, and kind of like Batman, they've actually turned the city around for the better. And at one point in the movie, they're out of options and they don't know where to go. So they make a big, they make a big decision, 
And they're like, oh, man, you're not thinking about you're not thinking about him, are you? They're like, well, if anyone knows this killer and his motives, it's going to be him. And they go to prison and... Matthew Lillard survived. And shut up. <laughs> the, cops, <laughs> the cops wheel in a prisoner on like a gurney thing, like Silence of the Lambs, and they take off his mask, and it's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> wow. I'd watch the fuck out of that Absolutely. Movie. We always do is come up with a good crime that they're solving, which, while in the bath earlier, I have half of an idea for an episode of Columbo. Did you take a bath? Yes, I did. You know, it's not making my top 100. A Scream 5. <laughs> we got back just moments ago from seeing Scream 5. Yes, mere moments. And I got spooked. Not going to lie to you. Yeah. I left for the bathroom, and it was almost like the scene in Scream 2. I like went in with like two guys, and then those two guys left or whatever, and I was just alone in the bathroom, and that MJR has like wall to your left sink and mirrors wall to your right sink and mirrors like wall to wall sink and mirror though yeah. so like it turns into a fourth dimensional like fucking fractal and like i was just i'm all alone in there and like it's not that bright and it's like i think we saw it at like 145 or something so there's something about the midday that's very lynchian <laughs> yeah you got up and left we went to the the theater we went into was i think basically someone's very big tv it was very small <laughs> Um, yeah, it was like a seven seed. Yeah, and you got MJR up, room. Yeah, you got up and left and peed. And I don't think I've ever experienced something scarier than sitting in a movie theater alone because no one else was there. Yeah, uh, when the lights. But it's not out. a normal one. It's a tiny. It, little... it was almost. It's almost like uh, some eccentric millionaire invited you to his home oh, movie exactly. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, just a moment, I'll bring us back a bit of brandy. And he's gone for like a little too long and then the lights go out on you. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it had to feel like. I, I can almost hear the clash from his downstairs bowling alley across yeah. the hall going from his other party guest. <laughs> and then at one point in the movie, because spoilers, I had already seen this before me and you wouldn't see it. And I was like, I just have to kind of pee. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be watching this movie, so I'm going to get up and go pee. And I went into the same bathroom, and you are 100% correct. <laughs> uh, it's a very liminal space. It's just, it's yeah. maybe the quietest room I've ever been in. Yeah. And it was just horrifying. Yeah. I, I love MJRs because they just feel like quaint little movie theaters. Like, they're not the best theaters in the world, no. but everything just works, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I can always get a seat. They usually work. I can get food or whatever. I don't yeah. have to. Now they have bars? Now they have bars. wasn't open. We were pretty bummed out about that. Even though it was two in the afternoon. All it takes to not remember Isle of Dogs is two Long Islands. Yeah, exactly. I like Isle of Dogs a lot. I cannot tell you anything that happens in that movie. Did you do Long Islands too? Or no, it I've me seen and Ben that... that was doing the. It was you and Ben. Yeah. I've seen this movie. I've seen that movie four times. <laughs> I can't. The boy's name is Atari, Brian Cranston, yeah. and Edward Norton are dogs. It's mm. great. I love it. It looks really nice, but I can't tell you anything about the plot of that movie. But yeah, we went and had a classic movie theater experience. We went in. You bought my ticket. I bought your food. You bought, by, I mean by food, you bought a large Dr. Pepper. Too much Dr. Pepper. Too much Dr. Pepper. Almost felt like a liter. Yeah. yeah. I think it might have been. Uh, and then we went to the, you said, do you have Coke? And they said, yes. And Not we true. Machine, they had a, a Pepsi freestyle machine or whatever Pepsi calls them. And you got a Dr. Pepper. We made jokes about, we joked for too long about the different flavors of Mountain Dew and stuff you could get. Yeah. Uh, our movie was starting in seconds and we're like, oh, let's do some bits about Orange Crush. <laughs> and then you started, uh, you filled up that giant thing with ice. And I was like, Chris, you're so concerned about the tap water. And you're like, oh, that Yeah, because for context, here in Michigan, uh, there was a big expose about how 
uh, scientists are basically like, hey, the tap, it's just straight brain damage. They're not doing what they're supposed to with the tap water. You think Flint's bad? Yeah, with lead, but there's other stuff that can be in the water. So anyways, and so yeah, it was you that I was like, this has got to, I was like, this has got to be like brain damage ice, right? And you're like, oh, for sure. No, I said, oh, no, that's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah, brain yeah, damage yeah, ice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they probably have like a water filter in here, don't they? And then they? I, midway through saying that, I was like, I don't think they're getting a guy with braces to go do that every hour or whatever, yeah. every three weeks or whatever it is. And then you dumped out all the ice and then you filled it with Dr. Pepper and you're like, well, the water they put in the mix with the syrup has got to be brain damage water, too. Mm-hmm. And so you dumped that out and then you filled it with ice. And I think you dumped it out again. I don't know. It took you six <laughs> minutes to fill up a cup full of Dr. Pepper. And then after all this deliberation about how bad the tap water might be. We you, missed the movie. You saw just an open container of jalapenos sitting on the counter. And you're like, ooh, I'm going to take one of these. And I had, I had to almost physically stop you from <laughs> yeah. grabbing just an open, my from a, a jalapeno just sitting out in the open air. And then anyway... Yeah. That can't be good, right? Just to have them out like that? No, absolutely not. That's why I stopped you. If I ever see any type of food sitting out anywhere, I don't want it. If I'm in a McDonald's and I go one, I want one, it. If I go one hamburger, please, and I can see that the hamburgers are just sitting out, I'm like, never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyways, I kind of have a bit of a feeling we're about to prove scary movie five's point. Do 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 do. Mail time. Mail time. It'd be really good if we could. It'd be really good if we could edit in like a slash sound when you when you do the scream. Fine. I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Scream five. Let's see what we got here. Scream. My brain is mush. I have seen somewhere around 20 sequels in the past five months. My brain is mush. Scream 5 sits in my brain mush and splashes around in it, covering itself in what used to be my fine motor functions and memories of my late grandfather. Directed by whoever and starring no one. (laughs) Scream 5 is a film that the first Scream was created to mock and shame. Bad motivations, boring killers, forgettable performances, and uneventful kills, and poorly CGI'd uh, de-aging effects on old-ass actors makes mush. Mushy mush, brain mushy mush. I will no longer be watching any more movies. Thank you. 3 out of 10. I liked Jack Quaid. Uh, This is my favorite letter that we've ever received. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Cue the theme song. I think that was all that needed to be said. Yeah, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, Let me start from the top. Um, Here's how I feel about the movie. My brain is mush. I have seen somewhere (laughs) around 20 sequels in the last five months. My brain is uh, mush. Scream 5 sits in my brain mush and splashes around with it, covering itself in what used to be my fine motor functions and memories of my late grandfather. Directed by whoever and starring no one, Scream 5 is a film that the first Scream was created to mock and shame. Bad motivations, boring killers, forgettable performances, uneventful kills, and poorly CGI de-aging effects on old-ass actors makes mush. Mushy, mushy brain mush. So real quick, I'm going to keep this in my pocket and refer back to it whenever I feel like I've hit a lull on what I want to complain about with Scream 5. But yeah, uh, also, I will say though, at the end, spoilers, I'm still going to give it like a C because it's fine enough. I don't know if I'll ever watch it, but I think it's about as strong as 4 was or 2 was. It's probably only better than, those are probably, like if I were going to do a stream Scream tier list at this point, it would probably go like 1, 2, 5, and 4. Uh, kind of just next to each other, and then the very last, nah, maybe three's better. It'd probably go one, two, three, four, five. Sorry, one, two, four, five, three. That's probably how it'd go. Yeah, mine would go what? Probably one, four, two, three, five. Yeah. No. Three, two, five. I like three more than two. Yeah. It's not for good reasons. I not just, for good I reasons. I would rather watch it. <laughs> um, 
So I saw this movie like two weeks ago. Yeah, you go ahead and go first a little bit. Um, and I've just been stewing on it. I've just been yeah. stew-mockering on it. That's <laughs> Matthew Lillard's uh, name of the first one, I think. You take the reins. Um, I'll jump in when I feel like i got something to splash in. This movie is bad. Um, it started and it's going on, and it starts doing some stuff where I'm like, I think I'm going to like this movie. I thought so, too. I thought there was a good um, chance. I think it looks really good. I think there's a lot I of... Looks pretty decent, I think Ghostface yeah. looks really good. I do. I think they do a lot yes. of cool shots with him. I think his like mask looks just perfectly yeah. clean and white. Mm-hmm. Um, like, after... Like, when... Like, right at the beginning where he's stabbing Tara, I believe, and he gets up, and there's just that shot of him, like, getting bigger over her. Yeah. I like that. Or, like, when he kills, spoilers, Dewey, there's just that shot of him standing in the hallway with twist, two knives. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest twist, I think, in cinema history. Yeah. I actually leaned over to you in the <laughs> movie theater when that happened, and I, I, I said out loud, I genuinely didn't expect him to have a second knife. Yeah. <laughs> or when he kills that weird dude who's in this movie for a total of three minutes and gets top billing um why was he even in there no idea um but they killed that guy behind he kills that guy behind the bar because hang on a minute that was entirely just a loose end because there's even the point where david arquette says because they asked david arquette they're like why would he kill that guy and he's like that's for you guys to figure out Mm -hmm. they never try to figure out nothing it's just hanging it's yeah and but i really like that shot i like that they're playing a right right hand Yes. Um, I think mm-hmm. every screen movie should have red right hand in it. And yeah. the one thing that bothers me is it cuts when he's wiping off the knife uh-huh. and it goes in his red right hand, but he's wiping the blood off with his left hand. So he's got a red left hand. That really bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they have some interesting stuff that they're going for, but my biggest, biggest problem with this is they talk about being meta and they talk about what this movie's going to be. That's been my be. problem since the first one, honestly. Yeah. Is that they have a lot of meta talking to do. Yeah, that's what I hate about but two, they don't... three, and four. Yeah. One, they talk about it here and there. Mm-hmm. Rain and, and it's kind of whatever. Stuff, but it's doing more than it's saying. Yes. This movie does almost none of it. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to... They do... They do uh, fulfill their promise that there's a new cast with legacy characters, which yeah. just makes this movie just decentralized. On a... Side note, though, real quick, I definitely want to just highlight what you just said because I feel like it's a lot of what our criticism for these movies have been since the first one is that it is so much talk and not a lot of walk. I think the way that I put it at one point was that Scream... I think it was while we were talking about Scream 4, I went on a long rant where I was like, I don't know if you're going to totally agree with me because I know you like this one a decent amount, but I I said that ultimately my problem with all of them is that Scream 1 earns the right to do some table talk and whatnot. All these other ones... Kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's almost like what we were talking about with the last movie, where I think Scream 1, what's-his-face going on about movies and stuff like that, it's almost a little bit like, just go with us on this. Mm-hmm. The, the the idea of a kid being like, oh, this is how horror movies work, and this is what's going to work here. It's like, yeah. nobody would talk like that in this situation, but whatever, I buy no, it. No, but you've also seen enough in movies of, like, like even, like, Salem's Lot, like, there's that young boy who, like, uh, loves monsters. That's a staple of movies. So, in a sense, like, that one's situated so close to that in my mind that it seems like not that far of a leap to be like, oh, well, that kid grows up eventually. And yep. what happens? He works at a movie theater, uh, I mean, a, a, a blockbuster, and he's still obsessed with horror movies. Mm-hmm. And he might talk like this. Now... It is a little like just go with it for sure, but it gets even harder to go with every time they make another one of these movies. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, because eventually, just like you were just saying about the legacy cast, how you know it becomes decentralized because it's about this new cast. Same thing. They but in a different way. They have that centralized to 
Jamie Kennedy in the first movie. Yeah. And a little bit in the second one. But after that, in the three, four, and five, it's decentralized. Then suddenly every character in your movie has something snide comment section to say about horror movies. Yep. There's no longer that guy. It's everybody has something to say. Yeah. And in a sense, maybe that's intended to be comedy, but I mean, not comedy, commentary on how like everybody's got an opinion now, but eh, gag me with a spoon. I put that in the category of if your movie uh, 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 is meta and has actors in it, don't make them fucking buffoon, blonde haired two by fours because that's not interesting comedy uh, uh, commentary anymore. Mm-hmm. Same bin. That's going in the same bin if that was your point. Anyways. Yeah, like the first one, Jamie Kennedy is saying all this stuff and everyone's like, oh, fuck it, whatever, Randy. Yeah. And then at the end, it's uh, kind of like everyone's like, oh, fuck, would you look at that? Randy was kind of right. <laughs> and then in the rest of the movies, they're like, we have to listen to exactly what Randy says because he is yeah. gospel. And it just sucks. Because in the uh, initial, like, it didn't really feel like... It was that biting of commentary. He was just saying, like, oh, dude, in these old slasher movies, don't have sex because you're going to die. Don't do drugs because you're going to die and never say, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all he says. I mean, he says that other thing about your motive. Those are just tried and true staples where you can't go wrong making those comments. Each time we see a movie, it compounds to the point where they're like, well, actually, the Babadook is elevated horror because it has elements of, uh, you know, an emotional climax that coincides with the violence. that, And it's like, whoa, dude, again... You've turned everybody into like, like I said, like armchair film critics. Is just, and I get yeah. that everybody knows a bit about movies, but it just it, it it goes to the point where like I can no longer just go with it. You've taken me out of the movie because, again, people kind of talk like this, but like, not exactly. Like it just feels a little robotic. And I think my biggest thing about it, they might do this in two, three, and four. I don't think they do it in five. But something I love about one is right when he gets to that point. Where, like, he's throughout the movie, he's been like throwing things out here and there, like, this is how these movies work, and blah, blah, blah. But at the end, at the party, when he gets up and he goes, These are the rules. This is what you have to do. You never say, I'll be right back, because you won't come back. Uh, Matthew Lillard says, I'll be right back, and he comes back. Very funny. And he goes, You can't have sex. And it cuts to her and losing she does virginity. Have sex. And it immediately is just telling you, We're deviating from this. Yeah. Also, he's this not, not right. Yeah, he's yeah. not right this time. He's yeah. been right up until now. Yes. But this movie is doing something different now. That's a great way to put it. the rest of these movies, yeah. they just fucking do that. 100%, yeah. And it sucks. That's and a great way to put it. I, I, I definitely glossed over that, and thank you for bringing that up. That's exactly right. Yeah, and in, in especially this one, just because you're telling me how these movies work, and then you make the most derivative movie I've ever seen, <laughs> doesn't make it smart or clever. Yeah. Um. I, I really hate when I hear people talk about movies and go, oh, well, they should have done this. If they would have made this movie like this, it would have been good. Yeah. Because in my opinion, it's like, well, that's not what the movie is. If yeah. you have those complaints and you're thinking of that while you're watching the movie, there's no way you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what I'm going to do with this movie. Yeah. Because my biggest problem with it and the wildest part of this movie is yeah. our, I guess, main character is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. So she sees him in the mirror all the time because I guess that's how that works um yeah that was my first thing as soon as he saw her i was like oh geez like i am a pretty vocal opponent to the idea of like just grabbing out of the cliche like oh, let's just reach into the old hollywood stereotype of what mental illness is like bag and just yeah. pull out a very uh uh uninformed depiction of what being psychotic yeah. would be like because in real life i really really doubt 
that that's how that works if you're taking antipsychotic. Nope. I don't really feel like people see that kind see of visions thing. of their dead father that they don't they yeah. never met no i don't think so yeah i don't think so and my thing is the first time i saw it when you first see him i was like oh no and i was like but this is a screen movie they might do something clever with this and they don't they mm-hmm. do it that once in the hospital 10 minutes later when she's driving and then they completely forget about it for the next hour and a half just the worst is absolutely when she's like at the very end and she's like yeah you broke the cardinal sin of horror movies. Don't fuck with the daughter of a psychopath. And then there's like a 45 second scene where she just keeps stabbing and stabbing yeah. and stabbing. And I'm like, okay, not the hero anymore. Don't like her. Yeah. She, I'm uncomfortable now. What do you, what the fuck was that? I, to, to what I was saying is, I Sorry. think this movie would be better this way. And I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I thought when you see him in the mirror and then she gets attacked immediately in that hospital, she's on the phone with the killer and she goes, well, come and get me. And the killer goes, fine. And then throws up in the door that's right behind her. Because the door is already open and he's hiding behind the door in the wall. Between the door and the wall. Yeah. And I thought, there's no fucking way she would not have heard him behind her. Mm-hmm. And then she has that fight with him and the cop goes in and no one's in the room. And I'm like, okay, if they do this, that it is her. And we get like a fight clubby thing. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and this movie is a commentary on modern horror films. Mm-hmm. Like they keep talking about at the beginning like it's an elevated horror film where it's Mm -hmm. like oh is she crazy or is she not if that's what this movie was i think it could have been good i think a current day scream Mm -hmm. should probably be doing that yeah and then you find out at the end oh the killers were all the kids Mm -hmm. and they know she has this going on so they're trying to convince her that that's what's happening Mm -hmm. or something like that yeah you get what i'm saying absolutely and for it to just be actually nothing in this movie yeah and, oh, God, the worst fucking part of this movie. I think these are the worst set of killers we've had in any of these movies. Absolutely easy. Um, I, I, that was another bit of um, just couldn't keep my mouth shut in the movie theater. Uh, as soon as it was revealed, I leaned over to you and I was like, since the first one, God, though, just the why is always the most boring part yeah. of these movies. And also they have had shit luck as far as trying to get... Anybody who even is half as naturally intimidating as Stu and Billy were as actors, like yeah. those actors, when they're not in Ghostface, they're almost scarier. Yeah, like you said right when we were leaving, we we made a rule that we weren't going to talk about this movie until we, we get to the podcast. Just we like Scream, we broke it. We talked about it so much. Um, <laughs> you made a really good point. Uh, Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich are the only two people I have ever found threatening mm-hmm. in any of these movies outside or inside of the ghost yeah. costume yeah. but especially when they're in that kitchen at the end of that movie and it's like oh fuck and it's like it's 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 they do the the thing that everybody does when everybody tries to copy from them it's just like oh we're really wacky now because we've revealed it and we're showing you that we're crazy and that works for them a because it's the first time yes and b you get that scene where they start fucking stabbing each other yeah and it's, it's paired great. with them actually doing something really insane. Because, like, don't get me wrong. Killing everybody you know is insane. Yeah. But I've seen it enough that almost like Clue, like, I see a movie where someone gets killed. And it's fair to say we're all desensitized at this point. It's not really that big yeah. of a deal. So if that's all they're doing, come on. That's why Scream works so well. Exactly like you just said. They start stabbing each other. And you're like, what the fuck? I've never seen someone do that. So yeah. I feel like any of these movies could have benefited from like them actually doing something crazy. And they work so well because 
I when they're given their monologue at the end, and Billy goes, get too complicated with the motive, you lose the audience. Which is exactly what they did in two and yes, three and four, four and, five. and five. Especially four and five, though, because four, we talked about it. They were like, fuck, she's got like three motives. There's a the whole thing about 15 minutes of fame, and like she's just trying to get hers. And then it's like, so it's like a comp- commentary on like how this generation is just hungry for its 15 minutes. And same thing with this one. Like it turns out to be this thing where like they're having this whole big conversation about how like sequels, you can't just do a sequel and you can't just do a remake. And so it's gotta be a requel. And so like the fans, the fans, the fans. Yeah. And then suddenly it turns out that your two killers are people who are like, you fucked with my movie. I loved Sab, Sab, which again is supposed to be commentary on like how people didn't like the last scream because they felt like they fucked with what the original scream was. And so they have this larger overarching commentary about how like, yeah, sequels worked at one point and remarks remakes worked at one point, but now neither of those works. You get to blend the two like star Wars and yada, yada. And nothing that they say is untrue. It's just a too convoluted to be the motive for your killer. <laughs> and two. fuck you. Just again, like, okay, make a Jamie character character. A Jamie Kennedy character who says that, and then have your murderer have like some very simple reason. Because uh, again, like, like yeah, go my, ahead. My, my big, big thing about the end of this movie is their motivation is fortune is the meta part of this yeah. movie, where that's the commentary about fans and stuff like that. What I was getting to in the first one, where he goes, the motive gets too complicated. You lose the audience. Yeah. But here's my really complicated motive. And he talks about how his mom mom was cheating on his Mm. dad with her dad and this and that. But you can tell in that scene and you can tell throughout the rest of the movie because you get hints from it that Billy Loomis is just an insane man. Yes. And this he's just using this as an excuse to start killing people. And he talked his friend into doing it with him. Which is in real life kind of how like you get that sense from some real life serial killers yeah that nope they're just broken they may be saying that they have this reason for doing it or that they have this reason to do it but like i can just look in their eyes and tell that there's something wrong in there yeah and yeah they're saying one thing but that doesn't mean that i believe that that's true for them in their head and that's a great another uh great example of um yeah the, the the horse that we've just been beating for like five episodes now which is that yeah the first one did a great job of creating characters who actually felt like they were mentally unwell yeah you know because like another example from the first one is both Stu and Billy have a couple of scenes throughout the thing like when they're intimidating uh, Jamie Kennedy mm-hmm. where you're like oh god that's a little uncomfortable or when Billy says Jesus your mom's been dead for like a year could you get over it like they yeah. say things that are like what the fuck what did either of those two characters do, do in this movie there was like maybe that one scene where the woman was in the garage with the other girl Liv or whatever mm-hmm. and she's like well, I am the killer or whatever. And, like, that was supposed to be a little weird. But, no, you're missing the mark. The whole thing is that, like, they should be saying something that, like, you know, if you said it at a dinner party, people would, like, gasp at or something. They should be saying something that's, like, kind of a kerfuffle. Like, oof. Like, example, Billy Loomis shouldn't say you should be over it because your mom died a year ago. Yeah. Her saying maybe I am the killer is something that anybody might kind of, like, joke about a little bit. Like, if someone was killing all of our friends... I'm sure one night we would have a couple of beers and be like, hey, fuck, maybe it's you, maybe it's you. No, it is me, whatever. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that it's like, I'm just saying it's not that abnormal. Yeah. It's I, not crazy enough. You need to up the, the ante a little bit on how yeah. crazy your characters are. That's such a good part about the first one is throughout the whole movie, they're telling you Billy Loomis is the killer. Yeah. Until right at the end 
where the switch becomes there's two of them. Mm-hmm. So you see him get stabbed and you go, fuck, I guess it's not him. Yeah. And then bada bing, bada boom, it's both of them. Yeah. And yeah, the thing about your mother, blah, 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 or where they're teaming up on him in the video store, yeah. it very much so feels like Billy Loomis is the crazy one. Mm-hmm. And Stu is just a boy who's got his back, which yeah. is what it is. And, there, and this and all the other ones, the killers are just completely normal people who sometimes leave the movie for a very long time yeah. and you never see them yeah. anymore. 100%. But in this one, they're just two 100%. normal people and at the end, she's like, ooh, I was been upset since my parents bought this house and he's like, I've been obsessed with these movies forever and I yeah. moved to this city and got into a relationship with you because I was going to bring you here and it's like, oh, this is too, this, this is, is way jumping too a shark on a shark. <laughs> Like and you're like, riding a shark off the ramp to jump the shark. And yeah, when they start talking about, yeah, it's because toxic fandom fandom can't be toxic. How can it be toxic if you love something? Every time they delivered a new line, I could see you out of the corner of my eye, put your head in your hands. Yeah. It's just so bad. Um, and I hate, hate's a strong word. I really don't like the actress who plays Amber. I don't find I her don't like interesting her, no, I at don't all like in this movie. Yeah, very bland. Very bland. Um, I will. I do think it's fun that she gets lit on fire at the end of this movie, and the only other movie I've seen her in is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where yeah. she gets lit on fire at the end. I don't know that it's her fault. I just don't think she should have been the killer character, because otherwise, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, it might. It's almost until she becomes the killer that I can stand her. It's, it's... And yeah, a, a big problem I have with this movie is this girl is like five foot three. And she weighs maybe 100 pounds. Well, yeah, because I was going to say to you, what, what point did you think, oh, Ghostface could be a girl this time? Never. And my biggest problem is there's that scene in the hospital where the other killer is running away with everybody else from her. And she's six foot four. Yeah. And she picks up David Arquette with two knives. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not. And I was, oh, fuck, I was so excited when he shoots Ghostface. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. If they kill one of these killers right yes, now in the middle of this movie, fantastic. this is going to be awesome. Would I can't fantastic. wait to see how the rest of this movie goes. And then they get in the car and they're like, we're leaving Woodsboro. And I'm like, awesome. Absolutely. How is the other killer going to get to them? Yeah. And they just undo those immediately. <laughs> yeah. You're right, too. Those are great observations. Those are two different pathways they could have taken that yeah. would have been interesting. And David Arquette goes, oh, to shoot this person in the head, I need to be within stabbing distance of them. Well, you know what? Uh, also, even if they did leave, leave Woodsboro, they're leaving with one of the killers. So there you yeah. go. It would have worked out, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, you could have done a couple of interesting things. Um, real quick, and to get back on your soapbox of like uh, what they should have done, uh, well, I guess we never left because we're currently doing it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> one of the things that I think could have uh, worked pretty well is um, if they would have upped the ante with how many people were, uh, were uh, uh, you know, uh, doing the murdering. Um, yeah. Like, for example, uh, I was talking to my dad about it because like, he also saw it, and he was like, I thought perhaps it'd be interesting if there were three killers, yeah. right? Because uh, he had this thing about how, like, well, what if, you know, uh, Tara or whatever, the younger sister, was, yeah. like, involved. She found out about what her sister was lying about and, you know, decided to, like, you know, her two close friends, whatever that, whatever. Um, I genuinely thought at a certain point, much like your two little things, like the leaving and the mm-hmm. the what if they killed one of the ghost faces, there was a point where I was like, oh, fuck, what if it's her whole whole friend group yeah because if you were doing the 15 minutes of fame angle like the last one or if you were doing the they're gonna make a movie out of this angle that was one of the two or three motives that these killers had it's not outside of the realm of believability in my opinion that four people would agree to be a part of a murder yeah for all it does wrong my favorite part of scream three is Mm -hmm. that there's one 
Mm-hmm. Like they ditch the two killers immediately because we've yeah. done it twice already, and then they do it in four, and then they do it in five. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved for them to mix that up a little bit. Do you want to say something you like about this movie? Um, I genuinely, like I said, the reason why I I, I gave the spoiler and saying that I'd give it a C is that besides the um the failings to live up to what the first one did in terms of like um i guess <laughs> to use the lingo like the movie having the proper like almost like motive yeah um besides all that just beat for beat a lot of it is like you said good to look at very watchable um for the most part yeah um yeah i, I very like not offensive just worked out fine that's the best i can say for like 70% of the movie I completely disagree. Yeah. I feel like so much of it that I like at the beginning, uh-huh. the first time I saw it, was because I was thinking, this is a screen movie. Yeah. This is going to pay off. Yeah. And when none of those things pay off, mm-hmm. they become meaningless and no longer good to me. Yeah. Um, and that's fair to say. But like I said, that's if I was just giving it, it's like the overview, like, it's just fine. Um, in terms of like, 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 sue me if you'd like, but I thought the fucking... Him referring to his biceps as fucking Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't expecting it, and I don't think they. Uh, I don't. Know, yeah. Just I just thought it landed. I. Uh, it didn't like. Uh, in my opinion, get delivered in a way where like, even just the way that the syllables are pronounced is corny. You know what I mean? Like sometimes in in movies, like the delivery will be off, and it's just the way it's delivered that'll be. But no, it just kind of came out nonchalant, and I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, that's pretty funny because that's like a. That's like a Fast and the Furious like seven eight nine kind of reference. That's not even yeah. like like that's that's a recent addition. That's yeah, that's pretty funny. Like I feel like it's a joke that I might make. Like if we heard a noise outside, I'd be like, mm, show that guy to Hobson and Hobson Shaw, and you'd probably snicker a little bit because you'd be like, well, it came out of nowhere, and that's just how I felt about it. Where I was like, man, kind of came out of nowhere. That was all right. Um, yeah, I guess like you said, I also like uh, the way that Ghostface looks. Um, I. I was thinking thinking about Ghostface looking good when yeah. he stabs um, Wes in the neck in his house. Yeah. Uh, the blood and knife, everything's all CG, but they, they do a little computer graphics where they some blood goes back onto his mask. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that'd be super cool if, just as the movie went on, the mask got a little bloodier. Uh-huh. But since there's two of them, there's two different masks. Uh-huh. So one's a little bloody, maybe one's not, or maybe one's bloody in yeah. one way, one's bloody in another way. That'd be fun. I have never come across this. I only know about it because of a conversation I had with my dad. But there are people out there who have studied the location of where Stu and Billy are and their body language and have been able to pretty accurately, I guess, I don't know, but map out which killer is doing the killing. Yeah. And even in scenes like the opening one, they've theorized that there's no way that like the killer could be here and here or here and then here. And so this is an example of a killing that has to be both of them doing it. And so like they'll, they they have like layouts where they can show like where the people are, they, they, each of them are moving. Like for yeah. example, like you know how I complained about the first one, like how quickly they get um, Ooh, Drew, Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's body into that tree. Uh, it's easily explained by this map because they're like, well, because it's both of them. So they're able to easily throw her up there very quickly. You know what I mean? Whereas one person would struggle to get it up there kind of a thing. Whatever it is, right? That kind of a thing. Yeah, so, so that, right after that, they're at school. And they're like, well, what about you, Stu? Where yeah. were you last night? He goes, I was with my girlfriend all night. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But anyways, I feel like we couldn't, uh, you, you couldn't do that with this movie because, uh, as we've said, 
one of the killers does not look like <laughs> um, any of the ghost faces we saw, at least yeah. from what I can remember. Um, I don't ever remember seeing it and thinking, ooh, there you go. So anyways, in terms of what I like about the movie, that's kind of it. Like I said, like, excuse me. As a first-time viewing experience, I was definitely um, watching it for a long time and thinking, wow, I really could like this Scream one. I might. And then, like you said, yeah, once it finally, like, you know, Scooby-Doo reveals, yeah, um, I'm like, oh, okay. So the most boring white guy I've ever seen, and this lady oh, who... Um, I, I love Jack Quaid. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the, this lady who just kind of annoyed me a couple of times throughout the... Think they're the killers, okay? Uh, and their reasoning is that they're just two members of toxic fandom. And again, it's one of those things where, like, it seems like cynical and mean, like the last one. Remember, we were talking about how, like, it's like, oh yeah, it seems like the 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 moral or whatever of this this movie ends up being like, yep, that's what young kids want. They just want their 15 minutes, even if they have to get it through doing a massacre, which is fine, because like, I know that there's a lot of people talking about that with the whole, like, you know, that's why people do mass shootings now instead of being serial killers, because they want instant gratification or whatever. But then that kind of thing, I don't know, that might be a little too, like, serial killer glorification, mm -hmm. in my opinion, to say something like that. But I know that I have heard people say that kind of thing. Whatever. Ultimately, I end up thinking it, 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 it becomes... Uh, sort of pointed at the audience unfairly. And same thing with this one. It, uh, as someone who definitely thinks that every one of the movies since the first Scream is basically kind of pissed on Scream's grave, yeah, you turn the bad guys into people who think you haven't made a good movie in four movies? Yeah. That seems kind of... I, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's the thing that... That's one of the things that gets me about them at the end. Toxic fandom, yeah, that shit sucks. But really, those you are just... You didn't make good movies. <laughs> yeah, those are just people that are extremely mad at your bad movies. Yeah, that's Like, it. when I see a bad horror movie, I go, eh, whatever. Like this one. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm shitting on this one pretty hard. But also, that's one of those things, like, just because I talked about it for a long time, like, I'm not going to, like, when we finish, I'm not going to go into my room and just be like, ah, oh, fuckers. Ah, oh, those fuckers. I'm probably not going to think about this movie ever again. The yeah, same yeah, way yeah, that yeah. I have not thought about Halloween Kills since we saw Halloween Kills. Yeah. I haven't really. But that's why that's why I'm saying now let's let's talk about some things that we like about yeah. this movie. I really like again how it looks. I love 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 at the end. There's that whole scene at the party and they purposely shoot it in different positions than they shot the first one. Mm -hmm. So you don't realize it's that house until that's she's great, on the yeah. phone with her and it pulls out and you see the staircase going into the kitchen that is a good reveal. TV. And then when it cuts to her watching stab and Jamie Kennedy being like, "Oh, turn around, Jamie." Mm -hmm. And it's shot from the same angle. It's like, oh, cool, this is the same house. Uh, problem with that scene I really don't like. I hate her sitting on the couch saying the exact same thing. Yeah. I would have liked it more if she was like, you idiot. Yeah. Or just like, just laughing at it or something like that. And because I do like her going, huh, and then turning around. Mm -hmm. That I thought I liked that. Um, I love, 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 love David Arquette in this movie. I think he's great. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I think, honestly, it's an upgraded version of sorry i'm not trying to be i don't you're gonna say yeah i i feel like it's a less cringy version of what they did with jamie lee i like i think i feel like that might be intentional too and i like yeah. that because um, like i said like i'm not it's just that the the extent to which jamie lee has prepared for michael myers is only okay if like <clears throat> 
like Halloween H20 happened even. Yeah. Like it has to be this thing that's reoccurring in her life. Like for it to have happened like the once and the twice, like I can understand her being a bit paranoid. Like I would understand her character from H20 way easier than I would Halloween Kills and Halloween whatever the fuck the other one was called. Because as you pointed out when we were talking about H20 or whatever it was, you were like, I like that she's someone who has a hard time, maybe he's on medication, maybe he's in therapy, but is also the dean of a college. Yeah. Like, went on to do stuff. Yeah. Um, because in real life, that's kind of what ends up happening. Like, you maybe survive someone trying to kill you or whatever, and then you kind of go on with your life. Maybe you do have some problems or whatever. Maybe you turn to drugs or alcohol. But I, I, I really can't point to a real-life example other than, like, doomsday preppers of people who become gun net hoarders and try yeah. to turn themselves into Batman-style survivalists. So anyways, long story short, I know I went on for way too long. Um, but yeah, David Arquette seems like someone who is not well-adjusted because of the fact that they've been through four horror movies. Yeah. I See, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing is one of those things that the, just go with it. Like, yeah. for me, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. this is what she's like. And I'm like, okay, sure. whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's somewhere That's totally in the fair. I'm being an asshole, but no, it I, seems I, weird. I think you're definitely valid in saying that. It just doesn't bother me that much. Mm -hmm. I like Dewey in this one. Um, you went to the bathroom when Courtney Cox shows back up and mm -hmm. they talk about their relationship and how it ended. I do believe that this would happen to a man who went through all this horrible stuff and then had to break up with his wife because things just weren't working out. Yeah. They talk about them ending the relationship. They moved to New York mm -hmm. so she could do her thing and he just couldn't cut it. Yeah. He just left in the middle of the night after two months. Yeah. And she's shitting on him for that. And he's like, yeah. listen, I'm a coward. I know that. Mm -hmm. And she's like... Dewey Cox, whatever his last name is. <laughs> Dewey Cox, if there's one thing you are, I know it's not a coward. Yeah. And she goes, why aren't you in uniform? And that's such a nice, like, that's a good line, like, uh, because it's, like, a double-edged sword. On one hand, it's her saying, I love you, and this is something I like about you, which is why you disappointed me so much. Yes, exactly. You know? And then she goes, why aren't you in uniform? And he goes, I retired. And she goes, when? And he goes, when they asked me to. And I love that, too. Yeah. So him going through all this stuff and then having to retire, I believe he lives in a shack yeah. and drinks booze for breakfast. And, and to be like honest, that. let's talk about what we like some more. I forgot to mention also that I do, even though we've been very vocal about how we don't like the rule that this movie's kind of made up initially to make fun of, like, Halloween, um, that, like, oh, it has to be someone who's related to Sydney that's the mm -hmm. murderer or whatever. I genuinely was not that offended with her being like, yeah, Thought it would be neat to look at my mom's old, yeah, whatever. Turns out, cheated on whatever. And when I went to confront my mom about it, didn't even notice my dad was there. That was the first time he was hearing about it, so he fucking left. Mm -hmm. There's so many things about that that like work out, and they're so dramatic. And yeah, that's great. Oh my god, <laughs> something I totally forgot. They keep mentioning their mom away on business. Never shows up. And it's just like the first one. I'm like, oh, they're going to find her in the closet or something like that. Mm -hmm. No, mom just doesn't really care that yeah. her daughters are getting attacked. Don't give a fuck. I love it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I love Dave Arquette. Um. I, no, it's nice to see Dewey back. Um. I like him getting his hero moment at the end. There. Yeah, I feel like they gave way less to Gale and uh, Sydney. Yes, that's one, of, one like, of the weird parts about this movie yeah. when they show up at the end and they got the guns and they're like, you ready for this? No, never. It's like, it's weird that you two are here. Yeah. Like, it feels very out of place. Yeah, it, it, like I, I feel like they could have handled both of those characters with a little more respect because it seems like they just show up at the end to do like generic buddy cop. Yeah, they Basically. feel like 
everything they're doing feels like main character shit, but they are barely in this movie. So at the end, it just feels like someone stapled in there because they're like, oh shit, we forgot to have Sydney and Gail. Yeah. And like, I it almost would have been better if they would have just been like, hey, Sydney, don't come here. And she was like, you're right, I can't. And, uh, you know, and if, uh, and if Dewey was like, hey, Gail, just letting you know Ghostface is back, do not come. I'd have probably been even happier with that. Not because I don't want to see those characters. I do. It's nice to see them or whatever. But because of the middle ground between like giving them the same spotlight as Dewey and then just not having them at all is yeah. what we got. It ends up being just kind of whatever. You know, it just kind of beat them. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, just, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. The, the whole like, yeah, you have to have the legacy characters back. I get that. But put Dewey in the end. Yeah. The two of them, again, just uh, I, I love the both of them very much so. But, yeah, it just, them being there at the end and being so involved with it definitely takes away from it being uh, Sam's movie. Yeah. Or her point at the end. Like, it it doesn't feel like it's her mm-hmm. tackling this thing. Mm-hmm. It feels like she just happens to be there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, on that topic, I think at this point, five movies deep or whatever, even, like, the second, third, whatever, at a certain point... This is the second movie that's tried to do the legacy meets next generation thing, and it's not worked out. I don't think it was ever gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I, you gotta keep the movie centered on those people, not because I want that, but because you've dug your own grave by making the first three about those people. So when the scream starts rolling and I don't see Sidney Prescott, I'm kind of like, okay, how long until someone calls him on the cell phone and then we start with her shoes and it pans up to her and then she shows up with a gun and then Gail shows up and then Dewey shows up. Yeah. You know, it, 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 like the best way for me to describe it is it's like the first 40 minutes of Fire Walk with me. I know okay. that's supposed to be Dale Cooper, but Kyle MacLachlan just didn't want to get typecast, so he only agreed to do half the movie. Not even. He's in like 10 minutes of that movie. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Whatever. But it's it's that kind of a thing yeah. where like from Rip, I'm like, okay, when's Dewey going to be back? And when's Gail yeah. going to be back? And when's whatever going to be back? So then, like you were saying, it, I'm basically repeating what you just said. Because of that, I end up not caring about any of these people because I know that the real stars are going to come in eventually. Yeah, and they don't even feel like the real stars. Like what I like so much about Halloween 2018 mm-hmm. is there is, yes, a new cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But part of that cast of characters, very firmly, is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She's in the whole thing, and that's how I felt at the first half of this movie. Very Dewey. F- firmly in this cast of characters is Dewey, and then they kill him. Yeah. And then he's gone, and then uh, Gail and Sydney are kind of just there sometimes. And he's the great, uh, sorry, he's the best choice for that uh, because he's still in the town. He's still in the town. And you just have the other two not even come back because he could, like I said, he, do- he even does it. It's almost like the leaving Woodsboro moment where it's like, you nailed it and decided to not go with it when he texts them or whatever and says like and calls them and says hey don't even come you know it's not yeah. safe for you to come you know and I do I do like him telling them to fuck off and then when he's on the phone with Sydney and she goes well good thing they have you there to protect him and he's like oh, yes fuck, that's good too right. yeah. yeah and so if yeah that was the movie and then fucking the two of them weren't really involved it mm-hmm. was just Dewey because Dewey seems arguably the most affected by all this I think that would have worked out uh, probably better. The movie still would have been dog shit, but I think it would have been a little bit better. And also, real quick, I want to mention him dying and just say five movies deep. It didn't really hit me because, like I said, in the movie theater, I was like, eh, probably would have hit more if I didn't feel like these actors, all three of them, were not supposed to be in five movies. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is the only slasher franchise I think, I'm pretty sure, that has literally the same core three, four characters for mm-hmm. more than even just 
a movie. Yeah. You know? Um, at this point, they're five movies deep with the same cast. I mean, Friday the 13th does not operate like that. Nightmare on Elm Street does not operate on that. Although Nightmare does have a couple of movies where, like, the character from the last one will continue into the next one or something, but then end up ultimately getting killed. Um, same thing with, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's always new. Um yeah. Well, because you always have the same killers in those. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, for this one, you have to keep those guys in it for it mm-hmm. to still be a Scream movie. Yeah. Which is just crazy because then it becomes like, ah, Jesus Christ. Like, imagine if with this frequency, um, someone was trying to, like, copycat kill the yeah. same serial killer. Every time it happens, it becomes less and less and less believable. And my ultimate point coming uh, that I'm coming to is that I genuinely thought at this point, Fuck it, bring back Stewie or Stewart Billy. <laughs> Seriously, at this point, fuck it, because they're the only effective and interesting killers you had. Just fuck it, bring one of them back. I don't give a shit how much of a leap in an logic it is. Fuck it. My absolute biggest problem with this movie: somebody cut Matthew Lillard a fucking check. Put him yeah. in this goddamn movie. Matthew yeah. Lillard is one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. Why would you bring in fucking? goddamn nobody skeet Ulrich at the end of this movie and not Matthew Lillard work him in there somewhere I want to see my man get paid to act yeah oh my god like sorry go on I was just gonna say like every other one finds a way to like say it without saying it and just be like yep he's back you know yeah so why not why Why not not? bring him back bring him back I didn't I don't think we saw Stu die in Scream 1 bring him back I don't care if you're gonna do all this nonsense yeah bring Matthew Lillard back is it that much crazier than them being like oh Michael's just been sitting in a sane asylum for 40 years no is it any crazier than oh she's having visions of her dead biological father no no it's not no um so that's ultimately what I've been just dying to say this whole time but I've been a little embarrassed just bring Stu back just bring Stu back yeah um I do like Jack Quaid. I like him in everything. I think the end is rough because he doesn't have a lot to work with, but I no. like him throughout this whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think he's very charming. I think he's very funny. Yeah. Well, um, that's ultimately why I don't like that actress and I don't like Mr. Quaid or whatever his name is. Quaid, yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid's son. But both of them, like I said, are just, if anything, they're given the short end of the stick. Yeah. They're, they're just, it's almost like... <sighs> I feel like this is true about all of the sequels, but we're just talking about this one specifically. You have a slasher movie until 10 minutes before, and then it just seems like the writers went, hmm, hmm, hmm. It almost, here's how I'm going to connect it to Clue. It almost feels like by the time the reveal is ready, you could pick anyone. Yeah. 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 I will, uh, I will say the second time seeing this, I picked up on a little, a nice little touch from Jack Quaid that I like when they're in the hospital and Dewey shoots her, her mm-hmm. and she's just, Ghostface is just sitting there and they start rushing for the elevator. Jack Quaid seems very concerned about it. Yeah. He keeps looking back like, oh, oh fuck. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, fuck. You oh, know when fuck. I knew for sure Jack was it? Because I had suspicions um, when uh, David Arquette brings it up and says, it's obviously the boyfriend. Yeah. I knew for a fact, even though the whole setup is like, oh, who am I going to kill? As soon as Ghostface didn't immediately stab him to death okay, and yeah, just yeah. cut him on the arm, I was like, hmm, just cut him on the arm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, interesting. Because he cuts him on the arm and throws him, and then he chases her for a little while, and then he says the whole thing of like, which one am I going to kill? And I'm like, you can try to cover your tracks, but that was fishy. Yeah. Um, but no, at the end, I like just little moments from Dennis Quaid. I don't, I don't think he gets too over the top like What's-Her-Face does. 
Because God, I just sorry, I just now pieced together. You said it a second ago, but that means that five foot three, whatever her yeah. name is, double stabs him and then picks up his weight with the double stab. Yeah, insane, insane, but insane. Did not happen. There's no way. No, absolutely There's no, no way. way. David um, Arquette, he still looks solid in that movie. Mm-hmm. There's even a point when you first see him where I feel like on his like left bicep you can see a vein through his little shirt. Yeah, and also I know that over the last couple of years he actually did a, indi- a run on the indie scenes in wrestling. Yes, he so did. he's in pretty good shape. Yes, he is. He's got to be a thick, thick yeah. person. And then she tackles that football player at the end of the party and stabs him to death. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. But I'm not I, buying it. I I like Jack Wade at the end. I like when he stabs what's her face and she looks at him in the eyes and he goes, "I know it's a bummer that it's me." I like that, or I like um. I like uh, I like when they're talking to the kitchen at the end, and he goes, "You should have listened to Dewey. He got it in one. He said it was me immediately." Yeah. Like I like that, but then ah, the toxic fandom. We met on a subreddit, and I'm like, "Ah, fuck it off. I hate this." But Scream Five, you know what? I feel like I haven't seen, and it's I'm sure it exists. But the other side of the coin, not a whodunit, but how come I, there's not a very uh, uh, prominent or well-known like uh, How Ketchum slasher movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would have been interesting if like the whole time we know it was Jack. Potentially, if they played their cards right. I'm not saying that like that's a surefire recipe to have a good, but it would be interesting because it would be interesting to see the slasher like sweating. Yeah. You know, a little bit. You know, because now going back on the second watch, it would be interesting that little interaction, especially if like there's a little bit of a tell, some little tell, you know. But anyways. That's what I think I got. Um, I'm trying to remember anything else. There was a f- one other family in the theater. Yes. It was a adult you... man and his daughter. And for the first half, I, I, I was sad that they went because she was having a great time. She and was, I liked it. She was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I, I have a lot of siblings. And when I'm watching stuff with them, I like when they like go like, oh, no. Because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was exactly every time that like, you know, like the phone would ring or something, she'd go, uh-uh, don't answer it. And I'm like, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, don't answer it. It happened once. The phone rang and someone went, hello. And she went, oh, ghost face. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt really bad because they left like halfway through the movie. And I was like, damn, like. I hope they didn't leave because, like, I could hear him, like, sh- his, the dad, like, shush around. I wanted to, like, lean over and be like, no, 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 it's okay. I love it. Yeah. But this movie sucks and she's making it way better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Scream 5. I'd give it a, a D. Yeah. D minus. There's also that little bit where they're they're watching a YouTube video reviewing the series. Um, That's a real podcast, apparently. Yeah? Yeah. But they splice in that information with like the 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 the, the, what the stream the scream or the stab movies have become where like he's lost his fucking uh like the arm pieces and his muscles are just out and he's like wielding a machine gun and the stab mask is like uh, metallic i like that enough that was all right yeah yeah. that was funny um the other thing in space i guess there is a little tee off with the whole like oh that's kind of a psycho move but it doesn't land as well as it should I guess it is a little wonky that he's laying in the hospital bed with his girlfriend's estranged sister who just got attacked by Ghostface and he's watching Stab, I guess. But then, like, is it any more crazy than, like, that girl whose uncle is getting murdered in the movie watching the scene where her uncle yeah. gets murdered or yeah. whatever? You know, it's, I mean, I know he doesn't actually get murdered there. He dies in the second Scream movie, so probably, I guess, he dies in the second... I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Does he... 
I don't know the stab chronology. The actual stab stab chronology. But anyway, either way, is it any more crazy than her watching no. her uncle die? I like her a lot too. I do like her a lot. Like I, I, I don't like her exposition of like we're doing a requel. But I like I just like her through the whole movie. I like mm-hmm. when uh, her brother strikes out and tells his girlfriend like, "Well, you might be the killer," and she yeah. gets up and she walks away, and you just see her at the other end of the yeah. hallway, watch her leave, and just give him a thumbs up. Well, the thing about the requel is, I think four was basically a requel too. Yeah. One of the criticisms was, you have is that like uh, so much of it is just them recreating scenes from other whatever. So basically, it's not. A, it's not. It's not. That wasn't one of my criticisms. It's something that I liked. I thought they managed to do that in a very clever way, yeah. where it's like five things on top of each other making a new scene. I thought yeah. that was great, and they keep saying it's a reboot or whatever. Yeah. But and, no. but it was interesting because there's that moment in our podcast where you say where I say like uh, oh yeah because this came out in like 2018 or something like that and you're like Chris, this was 2011. Yeah. And before my dad even listened to that episode, because my dad listens to the podcast, I don't know if I've ever actually said that on the podcast. Shout out to your dad. Uh, shout out to my dad. Um, he was actually giving Scream Four a bit of praise because he was like, "That was 2011," and they were. He was like, "They were basically making a rough version of what like the new Halloween movies are, which okay, is yeah. the requel thing." He didn't use the phrase requel, but he was like, uh, "Yeah," and I agreed with him because I was like, "Yeah, dude." Like when I found out it was 2011, I was like, "Whoa," because like not. That it's a good movie, which we are both agreeing on, basically. But it's just, that feels like the horror movie that you make now of a dead franchise. Yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah. I, uh, again, I like Scream 4. I, I know. think it, for what it is, I think it ages pretty well. Yeah. It's probably better than this one, definitely. Absolutely. Sure. By yeah. miles. Yeah. And also, I forgot to make this joke. There's that scene where David Arquette gets shit canned. Is that a wrestling thing? No. Oh. He gets hit in the head with the bedpan. Does he? But shit can is like a term for getting fired or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but yeah, you don't remember like the killer hits him in the head really hard with the bedpan? No, I don't remember yeah, that. Because they're in the in the in the in the in the hospital, hospital at the yeah. end. Yeah. David Arquette gets hit in the head with a I believe you. I no, just I'm gonna have to look remember. it up real quick. We'll cut out the pause where I look it up. So don't say anything important. Do we bed pan scream four? Oh, in scream four. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember. I remember. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's I was just making that joke because I, I thought you I thought it was this one because this one also has a fucking hospital in it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, in Scream Four, he gets shit canned. Was my joke because okay. yeah, yeah, a yeah. bedpan is yeah. basically. Yeah. But I'm t- so, anyways, uh, Scream Five C ish D, but you said D. I'll give it like a C minus, maybe. Say C minus or okay. maybe D. Uh, I'll say I'll split the diff. D plus. D minus. D just straight D. We're doing okay. a straight D on this one. We agree again. We're I two for D two. Minus. I'm going straight D. Okay. Yeah. Or, at this point, should I just say F? But there's some stuff you like about it. It's not horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's very largely inoffensive. And uh, so, yeah. You know what? No, I'm giving it an F. There's stuff I like about it, but I've said this before. Yeah. I think this movie is boring. Okay. And that uh, deserves an F from me, I think. So I'm going to give it an F. Well, there you go. I think that's that mattress man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 